And we've launched another Cleveland Moto podcast. Oh, oh my god. Wow. Cans are going off everywhere. Spillage. Ah. Ah. Oh, that one. Ah. Ah. Ooh, I got that yeah, right on my face. Oh, many, many, many beverages were open that night. Really? It's never happened before. So to my immediate left, we have <laughs> Nick DeVito. Soon to be featured in an upcoming crash report. Mm-hmm. And to his left. Oscar. <laughs> and to his left. Steve Hoffert. And? Kevin Rosman. Yeah, Kevin's back. And your humble narrator, Phil Water. And so we had some fun today. Um, I had some fun today. Everyone else worked. <laughs> uh, some people crashed. Some people didn't. Some people, right. I had some fun. So as we all know, I'm prone to buy these little tiny Japanese cars. And while hunting today, you know, the normal stuff that we buy is like the Nissan POW, which we, you know, you've all, you know me, you know these cars, right? And so I found this one, and it's stupid clean, uh, mm. automatic transmission with the rag top. That looks good. Ooh, I like yeah, the Yeah, it's yeah. really nice. It's that kind of uh, green, that Russian military surplus yep. green. Uh, nice floor mats, even. Yeah, it does. It's a really nice little car. And so, you know, I love the cloth top. Cloth on these. It's a power cloth top, too. Wow. What? Which is neat. I mean, Factory? that's like, yeah, the, the POWs have the power cloth tops. The Figaro's you have to put back manually. Oh, okay. And the Escargot's have a power cloth top as well, hmm. if you're lucky enough to have one of those with a power cloth top. So, um, anyway, so I bought that today. And <laughs> so, but, wait, it gets better. <gasps> oh, <laughs> nice. oh, man. <clears throat> the, oh, wow. the sound you just heard was... Men of a certain age becoming extraordinarily excited in their pants. Uh, So what this is, is this is a Toyota Town Ace. It's simply defined as Toyota Town Ace truck. So as you can see that if you typed the words adorable and camper into the search engine, you would have missed this. Right? It covers all sorts of sins right there. It does. Right. So um, it is basically the shape of a comma. And I'm going to put this in the show notes. Yeah, truck is not one of them. It is basically, and it's, by the way. Did I mention it's a 4 before? And did I mention it's a diesel? And did I mention it's 5 on the tree? Wait, it gets better. It's got everything. It's got everything. And wrong side. Like my brain can't function. There's too many good things happening here at the same time. And none of them will get anybody to have sex with you. Like nothing nothing that's going on in here. Oh my god. That is nice. Except the driver. This is the uh, right. This is a fold down bunk that goes above the kitchenette. It's got a pass-through bulkhead? It's got a pass-through bulkhead. That's right. That's which heavy. is good because it only has but one door on the camper, which is the back left mm. for the bathroom. Um, and, of course, because bathroom? it's a Japanese bike they ha- or Japanese car, they have to have some kind of a cool shift knob. Yep. Usually it's a crystal mm-hmm. of some sort. This one appears to be um, fohogany. Dildo. And then a fohogany <laughs> dildo. <laughs> and you can see the shift pattern is uh, a, fi- a, a 6H. So it's a H. Six shift pattern on the tree. Air conditioning. Yay, because we like air conditioning. Uh, A magic 4WD button. So that is what gets you out of band camp. Yeah. Coming soon to a band camp near you. Did you buy it? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bought this. Um, And I just love the fact that, I mean, I looked at a bunch. I've been looking at these for a long time. And they tend to never be aerodynamic. They tend to never be the way that I want it to look. That is totally aerodynamic. Yep. And uh, this, though, looks... Because remember, this is a massive, throbbing, two-liter diesel engine. Mm-hmm. So it really can't get wow. out of its own way. If it, it wasn't super low. Yeah, exactly. If it Whoa. was not literally in the shape of a comma, it wouldn't... I mean, this is just a comma that fell over. Yep. That's all this is. It it's, looks like it's the a white comma. camper body was supposed to go on like a bigger vehicle. Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Was it was like a half size, yeah. it would look perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. It, More like a van again, but remember, this is like a... Remember, the town ace is smaller than a high ace. 
So the High Ace is the larger of the two vans. Oh, and is, so this is a small van. Th- that's, um, this is going to be a diminutive It's a lot of vehicle. rear overhang, too. Oh, there's a ton of rear overhang. Yeah, you have the right-size right. guy in the wow. commode back there taking a dumper, you might get the front wheels off the deck. Uh-oh. Yeah. Mechel Fresh. Mechel Fresh. <laughs> back there. Cutting a long deuce. Hey, Johnny. By the way, awning. Oh, yeah. I mean, awning, for fuck's sake. All right. Yeah, so I'm very excited about that. So that's a I've thing. always liked that style of wheel, too. This is a little side note. The little, uh, it was just the, the world's cheapest steel mags. But it actually looks like a nice wheel. It's not yeah, just it's, like it's Toyota's. It is every is it, yeah. five hole yep. or yeah, six Toyota. Hole Toyota. Yeah. Yeah. But they're steel. Yeah. So they're steel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're steel. And it's got locking diffs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so there's that. So that well, was pretty cool. Lock, they're manual lockouts? Yes, they are. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh, wait. So, no, wait. <laughs> In case. So, to fill out the ugly vehicle, this is called the. Uh, Toyota Deli, Deli Boy, boy? <laughs> and it's what it's what it of course is delivery Deli delivery boy. boy. Yeah. For the, those of you who are listening who happen to be next to a, a good Wi-Fi connection, type in Toyota Deli Boy 1994. Um, this is a vehicle that's legal for importation in the United States now because wow. it is over 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things that this isn't a truck that you use to deliver things at your shop. This is punishment. So if you come in for work late three times in a row, you are forced to drive this vehicle. Man, there is I not like a right angle anywhere on this, yet it's <laughs> a really square. Yeah. So somehow yeah. they've managed to take a square and drop it against a belt sander. And it has just, it looks like Shamu's taller, fatter brother. There is nothing about it's it. It's a sliding passenger side door? Yes, on oh, both sides. Oh, this is yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. So, Ooh. I mean, so that's pretty good. I didn't buy this cool. one. But, yeah, there's no there's no traditional doors on this vehicle. Yeah. Like, it, there's no door that opens up and hits the car next to you. Mm-hmm. It's sliders. Right. For the driver and the passenger. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So okay. you enter this vehicle through a sliding door. I like that a lot. I that's, know. That's it's pretty cool. cool. That's pretty cool. But as you can see, the price, you know, they're getting tall money for that. Yeah. So I don't want anything to do with it. It is... It is ice cream truck ugly. That steering wheel doesn't really match. (laughs) A little, oh, a little tip for you about Japanese uh, people. Japanese car owners have been putting racing steering wheels on. It's one of the things you can do to your car that will pass through any inspection or whatever. So it is a definite sign of like, look, this is mine. To put a Momo steering wheel in like. A your grandma's corn? yeah, yep. deli boy exactly. <laughs> I was trying to think of a better example than this. <laughs> Turns out no, this is the best dumb. example, right? Right. So that is a deli boy. Look at all that usable space. Oh, oh it's that, tons. That's like a very cool. It's completely practical. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, you could easily stuff a, even a very big motorcycle back in the back of this thing. But again, that's the deli boy, and it is one of the ugliest vehicles. It's got room under the hood for an entire other motor, <laughs> which probably would have been a good idea, and they should have ran with it. The uh, okay, That's so not then bad. I like that. You like that I one, do. okay? Well, so Kevin gets <laughs> credit for liking the weird. Okay, oh, oh, all right, wow. two in a row. So again, Tell me it plays oh, like a caracha. Again, this is the <laughs> Nissan Condor from 1993, Condor. and this is the second to last car we're going to be reviewing in our motorcycle podcast. <laughs> and the reason I'm going to review this car is because it is one of those Bosazuku trucks. Please yes, tell me it has a dance stage. Oh, I think, wait, you're going to be even happier because it's a car hauler, by the way. This is a rollback car hauler. This is meant to haul cars or trucks, right? So that big thing on the back folds down and becomes a ramp, and then this whole bed assembly slides back. It's painted in the exact same shade of saxophone as my hearse is. Yeah. And... With the deli boy. But you see, it has all the extra chrome things hanging those giant mirrors out in traffic, and then the big fake facade monster truck bumper on the front. 
and at least five horns on the roof. Yeah, and is it weighted? I have front? no idea if it's weighted, but I can tell you. Well, it's probably not weighted. It's probably like fiberglass, fiberglass yeah. right? But it's meant to be like a Boso Zuku truck. You know, it's all... Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is that? I don't know. I think they're... Those are the straps that hold the giant piece of plastic to where the real bumper is. Oh, <laughs> oh probably. That's what those are. Okay, so then we're in the back. Okay, everything's looking pretty normal here, guys, right? We're all still with us? Okay, shit's about to get weird. All right, so in the area on the rollback where you would be driving your car onto the rollback, what your headlights would be shining on in the rollback should you be pulled up onto the rollback in your car is a very tastefully, not remotely, airbrushed, Two ladies in, well, let's just say what they are. They're ladies in nylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are ladies wearing yeah. negligee. Just covering some bits. And just the complete fakiest <laughs> boobs ever. And you got your blonde and your brunette. And parts of this airbrushing are amazing. And other, <laughs> Renee's already seen it. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Renee's anticipating this could show up at the shop at any moment. <laughs> because it is a car hauler. There's and only, I do have a reason yeah. for this. There's only one way to park that here. And that would be nose towards the front of the shop. Oh, no. Oh no! Oh, he gets better. Oh boy! That's not the only place they spent time and effort, because <laughs> oh, you see the slide back. So yeah, this slides back. Yeah. So that oh, slides back. back. And then when that slides back, it reveals oh. that, oh. so that people in the front of the truck get to appreciate nudity as well. Nice. Yeah. So that's... you get the uh, the. Are there hydraulic hoses coming everywhere out, out, out of her, her cooch? Oh. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think there are actually <laughs> hydraulic <laughs> hoses coming out of her cooch. Probably what powers yeah. the whole. But anyway, yeah, back. and so that's what it is, and oh, of course the crystal, the crystal yeah. shifter, yeah, crystal yeah. shifter, yeah. Yeah, like the tuck and rolled. Uh, what, let's just call it what it is. Fuck Palace behind the driver. <laughs> because it is kind of a sleeper cab. Yeah. Not much of a sleeper cab, but yeah. there's a sleeper, sleeper cab nonetheless. There's no sleeping going on there? No, there ain't. No. Was there's that a, fur on the column? Uh, yes, there was fur on the column, and the tuck and roll job is splendiferous. Oh, yeah, my. Kind of I feel How many like miles are on that? Um, 120? I, 120K. Yeah, not many. I feel like we the might kilometers. need to start customizing cars yeah. like this. Well, but the point being, this is that Japanese culture. And again, we're gonna put. I'm going to put all these pictures on... The Cleveland Moto Podcast Facebook page. So, you know, people always talk about they want to see pictures of what's going on. I'm going to put them on the Cleveland Moto Podcast Facebook page so you guys can see, your listeners can see all the stuff we're talking about in the order that we're talking about. You obviously bought that one too, right? And I did not buy this one. It's far too large. I can't even imagine what the shipping would set me It's got to be ridiculous. (laughs) The purchase price of the vehicle is $16,000. Shipped is $24,000. So they're looking at eight grand to ship that monster. Would it it be free to ship another vehicle if you put it on top of it? No, and they don't do the turducken. I wish to God they would do the turducken. They won't. So (laughs) I have many times said, I need to buy this car but I need to buy that motor, and I need to buy those seats, and I need yeah, to buy those wheels. And you could put car. that all inside yeah. of the car the that you're vehicle. shipping to me. They yeah. will not. The cars have yeah, to be Yeah, I remember you do, trying yeah. to do that one. No point. No no like, okay, guys. I'm, I'm going to just tell you right now. Drum roll. Drum roll. All right. All right. You may want to take a drink. You I'm may actually on have the edge a little of bit of a squee or something. Take a little pause. Can you breathe that, Okay. Because when I saw this, it makes absolutely no sense. I like it already. At all. Oh, this does? <laughs> well, this well is I think mean, it's a lot of That hauls vehicles. That does okay. a job. Oh. But the one I'm about to show you... Oh. Wait, well, coming from a man that owns a Japanese hearse. Again? <laughs> yes. And that I does would, a job, too. That does a job as well. <laughs> and I would own, too, because then you would have a better job, and that would be Japanese hearse racing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, here we go. Don't want to be Ready? Last. Oh. So this is... A K truck. It's a small truck. Okay, yep. yeah. like but it. it's not just a K truck because it's a pickup. It's a well, it's a Vruck. 
It's a uh-huh. uh-huh. so it's oh, oh that's awesome. Yes, wow. that is awesome. That's the result I wanted. That's the exact that's the exact sound I wanted you to make. That looks homemade. It, it does, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, it's so a yeah, avalanche of crusher. So this is a Daihatsu. Yeah. This is a Daihatsu uh, high jet van. So a little bit about Daihatsu vans. So when you get these little K K trucks and K vans, the Daihatsu is pronounced Toyota. Okay, so just you know, Daihatsu mm-hmm. is Toyota. Mm-hmm. There's also, a lot of silent letters right, there. Right, and also <laughs> Daihatsu, if you're in Europe, is pronounced Piaggio. So if you're in Europe and you see the sexy little vans running around that say Piaggio on them, they're Daihatsus. Okay, I didn't know that either until recently. No, when I was doing some history. You know, jump down into a big giant. Wait, history. so the Toyota. So Daihatsu like is a Daihatsu. So this is all built. So this the the production Daihatsu production um, is Toyota production for this vehicle for these vehicles. So when you see these, you will see these sold out as a Sambar uh, Subaru, yep. and you'll see them sold out as a Daihatsu, and you'll even see them sold out as a Piaggio. You'll never see them sold out as a Toyota. In fact, mm. according to these, according to what I've seen, Toyota doesn't make a K truck. Mm. They don't. They don't touch that segment because similar. they're doing it with the the hats. Wow. Yeah. Similar okay. to Kimco's and their stick. It is. Yeah. It's very much that way. Now, right. in case she wasn't pretty enough from the side, mm. that back end. If Does that's it, a three foot long bed, I'll be surprised. With the tailgate yeah. down, I'm hoping for four and a half feet. Well, I don't know if I'm going to get it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Going next to duh. I mean, yeah. And sliding rear window. And that looks good. And the back doors are sliders. Oh, wow. The, the sliders so the back are doors enough. are complete mm-hmm. and total sliders. Can you get a cap for the back? I don't know that I would. I, I see where you're headed with this, yeah. but I don't think I would want to right. only because it would be a van. I would rather do um, a safari, a mm. bimini top. Yep. Uh, okay. And then do a bimini and top then, that like goes another three feet past the bed. <laughs> so you can get some real shade back there. What's so when people are driving around, you can be in the oh, back catching man. shade. Brat yeah. seats. Yes. Brat seats. Oh, that yes. Is a game yeah. Yeah. Winning oh, we need is ski poles. Yeah. If we have some old ski poles mm-hmm. and some old seats that have no fabric on them, brat seats. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Steve. Yeah, that's a great idea. The, the brat. Oh, I like the brat. I like yeah. the brat. Yeah. So we're, we're fine. Well, I don't, know, handles I don't know if we'll call this a brat or not, but by God, it'll be we'll something. Make one. It's yeah. so it'll be brat like. It'll be the. The four door brat. brat. That is so very neat. Very much like they have the the Baja, which is a four door brat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This will be the Baja van. Uh, and again, is that a, a factory job or is that a no? This is factory. Oh my! Really? So these wow. are hard to come by. So finding them in a full van configuration uh, is not hard to come by. They're no, everywhere. Everywhere. And finding them in a pickup truck configuration Even I, easier. You know, I bought those they look like I've 10 got inch those, yeah. tires man they are 12 uh, yeah 12? So they, yeah they look yeah, these are uh, these are not big tires yeah. and so the the trick with these is <laughs> 660 cc's yeah six, they're all 660 <laughs> cc's yeah. and now if you got the van version of this it would have been fuel injected and available with an automatic transmission mm-hmm. but only in the van version and I checked on this one I just can't tell based on this listing whether or not this will have the turbo motor in it or if it's just going to be the, the normal uh, mm-hmm. petrol, you know, gas manual, which is fine. Uh, and it's four-wheel drive, so, you know, it does all the, the stuff I want it to do. I just think it's fucking adorable. So, yeah, so that's what that is. So you got that one, too. 
The, I bought that one, yeah. So you got... I bought the camper, and I bought... The this, camper's amazing. That's, yeah, camper's that's the yeah. best one. That's yeah. A, so the camp... Yeah, the camper's pretty rad. Yeah. yeah I'm pretty excited about the camper. For yeah, no that's, good reason. That's... I mean. no, other for than, all the reasons. Other than I have a place to sleep at the shop. Yeah. Yeah. Well... <laughs> mm-hmm. You could pull it in through the front door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to put the pictures of these in the show notes. That's it's perfect. all going to be fun. Yeah. And now the thing is, I mean... Obviously, I do this as a business. This isn't just because I needed more stupid cars. Be honest. Really? I mean, okay, look. <laughs> we all know what happens around here. I have something I want. I buy it. I drive it for six months and I sell it. Or I drive it for a year and I sell it. Like, don't name the chickens is alive and well around here. You know, I'll sell, I'll sell anything that I've bought. You know, the only thing that I wouldn't sell, which... I don't even know how strong I can say wouldn't would be like the GB500. My GS with the Tiki painted all over it is the only thing I wouldn't sell. I would never sell the, the Tiki GS. Yeah, well, it's too much of a one-off. That's why. And it, it's, it's because it's... Renee and James bought that paint job for me. My fa- friend mm-hmm. Kevin did the paint work mm-hmm. on a bike so that I got yeah. from free from the Lakewood dump. And it's like that bike is my best friend at band camp because it rides yeah. around with me and goes through the mud, the blood, and the beer. And it can fall down and not get hurt. And yeah. like that bike is that bike is my favorite scooter I've ever owned of the hundred scooters I've owned. But yeah, I love that GS. That thing is that's my favorite. That Vespa GS is just my favorite bike. Period. And every time I'm riding it, I'm having a good time. I've never been riding that bike and been like, "This sucks." <laughs> I mean, there's pictures. There's old. There's us doing an old timey picture, like one of those Gettysburg pictures mm-hmm. where everybody's dressed up. And in the middle of the picture is that GS. Is that like the Starbucks can and that? Or the Starbucks, the, the Starbucks, cup and the, the Starbucks cup in the Game of Thrones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. spoiler! Don't tell Renee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but, and that's kind of the thing about this whole shop. The whole idea behind the shop was never that I wanted to be a Suzuki dealer, and it was never that I wanted to be a Motoguzzi dealer. It was never that I wanted to be a Vespa dealer. What I wanted to do was have an excuse to be able to buy and sell more than six vehicles in the year. Because it was buying and selling more than six vehicles in the year that got me in trouble. And the solution for being in trouble was to get a dealer's license. So then I could buy and sell more than six vehicles per year. And that's what it turned into. Well, there's no scooter dealerships. So if I have to be a dealership for something, might as well do the thing nobody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you like else doing. Is, everyone else is leaning right. We're going to go left and... It's a, it became it became a career, it became a job. And with the Japanese car thing, it all became, I wanted a Figaro. Like, I wanted a Figaro. And I started doing research into finding a Figaro. I, I thought it'd be fun if my wife had a Figaro. And, you know, aside from giving her a bowling ball with the word Homer emblazoned on it, <laughs> I knew that I would get a chance to ride it. So, or drive it, and it'd be fine. So... That's how that started. And then all the Japanese cars have all been things I'm interested in. And then how dedicated to the idea of keeping them I am is how long they stay around. You know, So my Blue Pow, it might be around a very long time. I really like that car. The red Honda Beat. That's another good one. I am not giving any discounts on that. Yeah. We've put a price on it, and that is the price. And if you're not willing to pay that price, I invite you to fuck your hat. Because we are not going to discount... A thing that we love having around. Yeah, it's a cool car. And every time we drive the Honda Beat, what do we? It's Giggle Factory. It's just hilarious. That car is fun to drive. So, 
I'm not going to discount it, but I loved that black Pajero and we sold it. I was going. I loved mm-hmm. the white Pajero yeah, and awesome. sold it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Land Cruiser Prado, loved it, sold it. And this Land Cruiser that's parked outside, Yolandi. That 4x4 van, the Hyace? The Hyace is in my backyard. It is for sale. There won't be any discounts on that one either. But it's a cool one. That is a really cool That's one. That's a cool one. And low mileage, diesel. That, yeah, super yeah. low mileage yeah. and, and perfect condition. So, you know, that's part of this thing is having, like, the access to making fun vehicles your job. Yep. It's still not one of these vehicles yet has cost over $8,000. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that everything on this thing costs cheaper than Motoguzzi's cheapest motorcycle. Yeah. You know, that's cool. That's fun. And you're like... I could either have a Motoguzzi V7 or I could have that camper. Uh, that took like one second. Yeah, that's an easy yeah, one. Yeah, no shit. So yeah, it's been that kind of that element of the business of turning into Cleveland Moto into like Cleveland House of Kaiju Tiny Cars. Kaiju. Uh, <laughs> you still need to find me a Honda Solo. Yeah, no kidding. And that won't be easy. No, I can't. Yeah, 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 right. Um, that's a that's a. Motorcycle, yeah. basically. Oh. No, it's it's a it's a it's a Honda motorcycle. Wow. There's also a Suzuki that the Honda Solo is beautiful, and then uh, I can't remember the name of the ah. Suzuki. There's the Suzuki that has all of the uh, bags and whatnot. Or it looks like an Art Deco bike too, yeah. and I can't oh, remember the name of it at the moment. But I like this. Yeah, we were looking today, and I found a little car, a little Mazda that I didn't know existed, and I thought I was pretty well versed in Mazdas. Congos. No, it's just like a 1994 Mazda, like a, a brother to the 323, I bet. And Pulsar? No. Renee, do you even remember what that thing was called? I sent you a link it to it. But it's an adorable little car. Hmm. And it looks like there's elements of the Nissan POW in there. There's elements of a Renault, like mm. an R4 in there. And there's also elements of an Go. It's got like the round door handles. Mm. Um, Sounds like Hyundai designed it. <laughs> it could be, right? Uh, but it's a really cool-looking car, and it's a Mazda. And it's just really neat inside. It's very Art Deco. It's very clean. And it's not overly gigod. And I'd never even known that that car existed. I learned, I discovered that car for me today. That was the first time I'd ever seen it. And as soon as I saw it, and I saw the attention to detail on the wheels, and the attention to detail on the bodywork, and then the interior, and I was like, shit, I bet you Renee would really like this car. And I sent it over to her, and she was like, wow, this is really cool. It's and, cheap, too. And it's cheap. And it's yeah. like, these cars... I'm curious to see what it is. Yeah, I, I have a, I'll have I a link to some it. Point, yeah, yeah, not, we'll pull it up at some point, and we'll put it in the notes as well. But So it's just it's a fun little car that we never got to see a shadow of here in America. Hmm. For probably good reasons. There's probably <laughs> no chance of putting an airbag in it. Door no. yeah. beams, et cetera, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's a very Spartan little car. But it's got character. I mean, this thing, when you look at it, you're like... I can't hate that car, mm-hmm. you know. Looking at it, it's very hard to stay upset. So, so my question yeah. about, I mean, getting back to the crystal gear shifts, is that like, do they? Is that their custom? I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't come with a crystal. No, gear shift, no, no, no. So that's. I almost feel like because in the Japanese culture of automotive enhancements, due to their laws, their you know their very strict laws regarding modification of the vehicles, and. Also, they're very militant about their 100 kilometer per hour speed limit. And, you know, up until 94, most of the cars, including this camper we talked about, the two liter motor, 
at 60 miles an hour, 65, it's going to be giving you all it's fucking got. It's not like America where anything that's sold in America has to be able to cruise the road at 70 or be in jeopardy of not being able to operate at federal mandated speed limit in some states. So in the 50s, it was not uncommon to have like a car like a Nash Metropolitan or something that really might not be able to go 70 or 80, but you know, the world moved slower then. But you can't get on any interstate in America or any state route in America and expect to be like, it's okay, kids, I got the speedo, I got the cruise control set for 65, and Wally World, here we come, you know? Get on a, get on a free of the Super Cub and see. Exactly, <laughs> right. You're going to have a line of people behind you. And angry even the people. Big, angry people, and even the guys in the big red Schneider trucks, which used to be like federally limited to 55 miles per hour, um, those days are gone now. It's When you're traveling, you know, cross-country on a low-speed vehicle... It's a little fucking terrifying. And I've had a couple of these JDM vehicles where going and indicated GPS verified 70 miles per hour was asking a pretty good load of what it can do. Hmm. But they're just not set up. There's no pride there, I don't think, in going <clears throat> 85 miles per hour across the country. Because one, you're, you're going to get caught, and it's going to be expensive. So in the interest of public safety... That's why every car has a flare in it, you know? Like, there are things that have been done to make sure that these vehicles are safe, and it's also the way that they encourage you to get them off the road, you know, in a certain period of time. So the, I'd say that going down the road in Tokyo, you're not going to see wooden bumpers. You're not going to see body rot that you put your yeah, fist through. Right. It's, you're not going to see the things. Inspections are... Right, because cool. inspections are a real deal. And when you talk about the crystal plastic shift knob and the Momo steering wheel, it's because that's what you can do. Well, I want one now. (laughs) (laughs) Sooner or later, something I buy is going to have one, and I'll hand it to you, because I will not fucking keep it. uh, I don't need a crystal steering or a shifting knob. But yeah, if every car that we've got in, like that uh, Honda Beat we got in, it's got a Momo Momo steering steering wheel. wheel. And there's stuff they're allowed to do, and there's stuff they're not allowed to do. So they're going to push what they're allowed to do as far as they can. And every fucking skyline I see has got every bolted-on naughty bit if they're used on the street. But if they're not used on the street, then there can be real power there. Yeah. (laughs) You're absolutely right. And I still can't fit it on anything. Uh, I, I have a shift knob that I bought at a car show years ago. And it's an old, like, plexiglass something plastic shift knob it's all machined and beautiful and on the shift knob and it's pink and on the shift knob it says pussy wagon oh yeah <laughs> nice yeah and is it pink yeah 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 <laughs> and the, the, knob, is, the, the knob the knob and the, the problem right. is though it's for american <laughs> cars so it's threaded yeah so it's got right. a real nice thread to, in right, it right 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 and so when i I bought Robert Redford out there, you know, so I bought the Red Ford. And as soon as I bought Robert, I was like, this is fantastic because it's got the five-speed. Yep. And it'll be the perfect spot. And I used to have this knob on my 69 Ford Econoline because that was, you know, three on the tree. And it was perfect to have that knob there. Now, when I sold the truck, I fuck, now I'm not giving that knob away with that truck. So I took the knob off and put the stock knob back on it. Um, which, by the way, is even funnier that it's on the Ford Econoline, three on the tree, because when you um, get in the passenger seat 
like or when you, you know, <laughs> yeah you can see I'm, yeah you look great at it. Yeah, no it's the uh, it's if the police are walking up to the window the police can see oh the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's uh, passenger seat gets to explore the awesomeness of the pussy wagon shift knob but I tried to put it on my Ford F one hundred and fifty they're not threaded anymore. Just compression oh, fit or push or something? They just have little flutes in it, and you just smash it down. Man. Because spinning a knob on would be too much work for the robots, I guess. So they just <laughs> they just now drive the knob on from the top, and that's how it works. So my pussy wagon knob can't go on that unless I'm willing to cut and weld and put a thread on it, which yeah. I'm not. Because this is bigger or smaller than... Well, the threads, are, the threads are threaded down to what is smaller than the diameter, but the shift tube of the F-150 is hollow. Oh, so you can't... You can't. Oh, I can't do anything with it anyway. Yeah. Right. So it's going to have to go on, well, probably that camper van. <laughs> Which seems <laughs> fitting. That's actually, so I'm that one. Just, just saying. So. Throwing it out there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, I, when I looked inside, and I imagined all the different ways you could fold the beds down, right? So there's the bed above the... Like, right behind where the driver's head is and stuff. Okay. So there's a bed that folds down, like an airborne bed, probably yeah, yeah. for little kids or something. And then there's the sofa that folds into a bed, and there's a kitchen table that folds into a bed. Well, the sofa and the kitchen table that folds into a bed, they might as well be the same bed. You've really got nothing between... It's a king-size bed. It's a, a little bit... I think it would be a, probably the size of a king-size bed. That's kind of neat. So we will have to see when it shows up, actually. Show house. What's that? A full house. It'll be a full house. Yeah. Again, and no more than two people can go to the bathroom at the same time or the front wheels will go up in the air. Lame. Okay. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> <laughs> Best van ever. Three stars. Harley, uh, so, Harley Davidson. Yeah, so that's that. So what I wanted to talk about is um, our crash report. So I always I always cringe when I listen to the Misfits podcast because every time I listen to Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, they tend to do a crash report. And sometimes in the middle of their podcast, somebody's phone will ring and they'll be like, oh my God, we've got a rider down on 17, et cetera, or wherever, on 9 or wherever. And then people are dispatched and then there's a call that comes back that says, oh, they've been taken care of and they were, you know, lightly tourniqueted and put in a life flight and sent away and they'll be fine. Lightly <laughs> <laughs> we brought the shovel and we scraped him off the road. <laughs> so, okay, Nick. Cats out of the bag. Yep. What the fuck? I Can wrecked my Vespa. No, no, you didn't wreck your Vespa. You wrecked the nicest Vespa. I mean... Oh, uh, <laughs> it's not that bad. Actually, well... He's got a hole in his hand. I got a scrape on, like, my hip. There's, like, a scrape nice on my, a little yeah. bit on, on my arm. Um, and this is like a, not even a scrape; it's like a spot where there's a chunk taken. Yeah, out I, of I, look, I, I, could, I could probably go back and find the chunk somewhere. It's I plug the hole. Well, the problem is, is super glue. I was passing through in uh, it was Sand Run Metro Park down mm-hmm. in Akron. Yeah. Um, there's a creek that runs through there, yeah. and at, at one point it crosses to the other side of the road. And there's there's no bridge; it's actually oh. a, a little dip. It's a it's a ford. Yeah. Um, so I went through the water one time, and that was all fine. And they, and dandy. they have the gates there to close that Ford. If it's too high, if yeah. it's too high, they yeah. close the gates. If the Ford's too high, mm-hmm. and then once they have a pier, <laughs> yes. they have they have gates, and they have an alternative road. Mm-hmm. So they have a high road and a low road uh, down here in the okay. metro parks, and. That's when, you know, you take the high road or you take the low road, depending on... I tend to take the high road. Well, you always do. I tend to take the low <laughs> Somebody road. Somebody has to. 
Regardless. <laughs> you take the, while you're looking down at me. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> but so that one does not have the there, alternative there road. Are no alternative. They just close routes. it. Yeah, they just close it. It wasn't closed though. Um, it, yeah. I mean, it was maybe two inches deep, three right. inches deep. Um, which, as it turns out, on a twelve-inch tire is well, actually it's a ten-inch wheel. Ten-inch so ten wheel, yeah, yeah. exactly. Ten-inch um, wheel. It's, it's a high percentage of your wheel. Yeah, right. Yeah. Three inches of water. Uh, Ooh, that's some sketchy math. <laughs> yeah, go on. So, so the first time I went through kind of cautiously, uh, and that was all all fine and dandy. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, "Well, that was fun." Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh. So you wait. The first time you kind of yeah. had to go through it. Yeah. Because that was where you were going. I mean, I knew it existed, and I knew right. I was going to drive through it. Uh, so, and, and I've driven through it before many right? times. And it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. I drive through it once. It's like, okay, that it's a nice day. It's yeah. fun. And, and I there's a parking lot up the street. I stopped for a little bit, and I was walking around. And then I got back on, and I went the other way to, to pass over it again. And that time I you decided that I, I was going a little bit faster that time. Uh, I, was going maybe, say, yeah. I was going maybe 15. You might have almost, even been almost complaining at that point. Probably. Um, <laughs> but I was going through about halfway through. The back end was gone. The back <laughs> end was just gone. gone. And it was, the back end it was so away. quick. Yeah. And the water's not really moving real fast. It's, I mean, it's moving. Is it clipping? Yeah. yeah. So what these fords are across these little creeks. So they used to get super slimy. So the whole thing, the algae on these things, the algae would get on them, and the moss would get on them. And after, you know, in Cleveland for about like February, March, and April, there's water running over these yeah. things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they're dry in the daytime and they're wet at night. No, there's water running over these things full time, and they used to just be regular smooth concrete. And oh man, then once they got that algae on. You couldn't you couldn't walk across it mm-hmm. because even two inches of water moving, plus the low you know the low friction, mm-hmm. y- you try to walk across it and you'd end up right on your fucking ass. You'd end up your ass, your shoulder, your head on concrete because you were trying to go through two inches of water. Yeah, anybody who's walked on like stones right. near so the edge stones. of the water. Yeah, right. Oh my goodness, right. yeah. you're screwed. Yeah. So, so then to walk fix on it, snot, it's yeah. ridiculous. They cut it. They cut the concrete. And I have seen now in my lifetime, I think I've seen five or six different attempts to make it better or to uh, mitigate the algae or to mitigate the Mm -hmm. moss growing on it. And so I guess what they have now is corduroy. Like, it ain't little. No. Yeah. Um, Judging by what you were saying, I haven't been down, I haven't been across them in a, you know, that I paid attention a little while, but Mm -hmm. I've seen them where that it's been literally like a one inch. Yeah, Jesus. like sawtooth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not just underwater; it's like going up the road too, yeah. where it starts. Oh. To, it's still wet, yeah. and, and cars are going for by. traction. For traction. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that, that even if the algae's there, you can run across the high points of that stuff, and the tires will keep it clean. Right. Mm-hmm. And but I, like I said, I've never tried hitting it quick, especially not in a ten-inch wheel vehicle. Yeah. I think uh, you would probably tell us that the pro tip is not to <laughs> go over them quickly. <laughs> well, 15, I mean, fifteen miles. Of- no, no, no for, in his defense, he did do a scouting mission. Yep. 
No, All right. Okay. No, we that's, did do a scouting. But you did, like, he did go faster yeah. the second time around. He yeah. wasn't. Well, as, if you went the fir- faster the first time, time around, the first time I was going good, probably less than ten miles <laughs> an hour. Right. And the first time, so I, I felt like I could double the speed. And <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where math comes. You goes. figured the first time it wasn't risky at all, and two times yeah. not risky is still barely risky. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I've gone, I've gone over those before, and it it's yeah. usually isn't. Any any big deal, um, but but this time even afterwards when I was picking my bike up and walking back across, it was it was slick. Oh, so the ultimate insult to injury is, by the way, you crashed in the water. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's was the next question. Like, so <laughs> yep. you you went across and you realized back end gone, and then you're just later. That's it. Well, like how I I, I, I was in the middle thing, like, in the middle of the creek. Okay. I, it basically just falls over, and it's and, done, done. But it's going like twenty miles an hour, so it's got momentum. So we, I, me and the bike slid another fifteen feet. Oh, <laughs> well, you could have gone sure off the just, Ford too, right? So you're lucky you didn't go off the Ford. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, if you could have gone off the Ford, you'd been in two feet of water. Yeah. <laughs> you're close. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Put your feet yeah. down. Yeah. Were you wearing that Joe Rocket jacket? Your the jacket you wore? No, I was wearing a uh, silver Carrazzo jacket. Uh, so it. Different jacket, different pair of jeans, yeah. um, and I was just completely soaked. Yeah, you know, it's a silver and green jacket. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you didn't say oh, I was wearing the zips like a um, mascot you know, <laughs> uniform. Cargo pants and Crocs. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And again, it wasn't exactly warm today. So going home. It was nice wet. at the time. It was nice. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It was kind of nasty up here all day. Mm-hmm. Did you collect yourself for a while after this event? Well, yeah. It, right. <laughs> How many, how many parts fell off your butt? <laughs> really, two parts. Uh, the, you, oh, okay, three parts. Because uh, I fell off, no. and the bike fell on the engine side, uh, mm-hmm. and right. that side cover immediately popped off. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, so it didn't yeah, get crushed. It, yeah. it has a dent, but it's not bad. Yeah. Um, Rally 200 side covers are like gold. Yep. Oh. Yeah. They're, they're not easy to get. You have to make them. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the um, my kill switch, the little chrome cover, yeah, the chrome right? cover that oh, popped yeah, off. Yeah. So yeah. it was just dangling. It's been there. donated yeah. to the creek. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Man. So, well, I'm glad you, your bike will be fixable. I saw it took the yeah. trim off the side yep. of the leg shields pretty badly. Did you it wear looks a like helmet? Leg shields. Rolled I was wearing over. a helmet. Yep. See, yeah, kids, always wear your helmet. Yeah, that's a good example. Yep. That's a great opportunity. To have a helmet lesson. I was not wearing gloves, though. So you weren't wearing gloves? No, I wasn't. Really? No. Is it yeah, because so many people... someone made fun of them on the YouTube I was video? Say, so many people commented oh, on really? your really? Really? choice of gloves. So oh, really? <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't read those, then. Yeah. No, no, that wasn't the reason. Actually, the reason is even more embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> because I have a video of me crashing. <laughs> you have a video of it? I have a video of it. Because... I, I was wearing those gloves that they were making fun of, um, <laughs> but I took them off so that I could set up my camera. Oh, so you could set up your camera. <laughs> you have a video of this crash? Have I have a video of it. Well, can we see yeah. it? I mean, yeah, yeah. You can, Are you, you like, like staring right at the camera like this yeah, okay, and you side with the wrong. water coming like across it's your face this. and you're just the, looking at the camera? The really horrible thing is it's not even a good video because it the camera sort of well, sunk down, so all you can see is some sand. You can see water. The camera, the camera sunk down. Where did you put the camera? Well, no, it was on. It was on the on the, on the in, in sand. Shore. In sand. I won't right. say a word. But um, so, so that's the view. 
Oh, no, that river is fucking moving, and dude. I will crash around there. Oh, shit. Okay. No, no, that's not water. That's, oh, that's sand. sand. Oh, my no, God. Say, holy all crap. Right, all right, that's, all right. So I'm going to... I've seen videos of flash floods in Kenya, and that's what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Gazelle goes right by. Yeah. I'm going to play... If everybody wants yeah, yeah, to yeah. gather... I'll go to your side. I'm going yeah. yeah. to hold it near the microphone, too, because this is a good noise. Um, I'm going to fast... Oh, it's that's me picking it up. Okay, that's a car going through. You see it? Yeah. Oh, it's so, so pastoral, so majestic. You can hear the water. Hold the phone the other way. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. It's ASMR. Oh, shit. Hold on. Hold I'm going to pause that. ASMR. Gotta <laughs> rotate my phone. <laughs> okay, this all right. is a nice I'm going to hold the speed back. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay. So, water, lovely. There's a car going through. That's not me. Oh, that's, that's a big splash. splash. Yeah, that's a big splash. Yeah, that's a big splash. All right. That might be more than three inches of water. As the camera so slowly sinks into the quicksand. <laughs> yes. Here I come. And... He oh! Oh! Can we rewind that a little bit again? Oh. Yeah, low here I'll, I'll rewind. An out-of-focus low sign. Yeah. A hipster. Oh. Okay, one more time so the audio can... So yeah, here, I'll hold it closer so to the podcast so you can hear the grinding. the back end. I heard the yeah. reds go okay. Yeah, That's an award-winning, award-winning Vespa. I was expecting a lot worse, so I'm happy that it's, yeah. it's, it was better yeah. than it was an actual slide and not just a... It, yeah, definitely. It almost and this yeah. is Classic like side. It almost looked like you were trying to like slide it and it then did. like it, it, looked, it looked, looked very that graceful. Was, that was yeah. not the intention. He was like, okay, when you're in doubt, feed it your ass. And he was like, okay, <laughs> feed my ass. And then his hand went down, which I, is the big mistake. Uh, no, I'm happy you're okay, but that sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it happens. But I'm, glad, I'm so glad you got a film of it. Holy yeah, that helped. You that was water so dumb, too. Because that was such a stupid video. Probably <laughs> right. if, that uh, if it was worse, better, it would have been worth it. <laughs> uh, now that I've been playing with a helmet cam and I've been running the helmet cam for these videos and stuff, um, it's weird. You change your mentality a little bit. And I was running around in the Metro Park shooting a video for the Zero SRF and the G400C the genuine motorcycle and the electric motorcycle. And at some point I was like, well, okay, I'm, I'm done shooting anything that's interesting. I'll turn the camera off. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dumb shit. You're still riding a motorcycle. Yep. It's always amazing. You better turn yeah. that camera back on because this is deer rut season. Like, you don't want to give away, you don't want to miss the video of videos which like the deer's dick going right past your face. <laughs> and then, <laughs> exactly, <I'm> like, <laughs> crash. Because I saw so many deer in the Metro Park. Yep. While I was running around, you know, shooting the video for the Zero, and they're just like because the Zero is silent, it's actually safer because the bite, the deer don't jump out, they don't freak out, they just look up and and you <laughs> yeah, go by. That's a funny looking by, deer. Yeah, you go by like, <laughs> and they go okay, you know, whatever. Whereas when you come by like, yeah. they're like, oh, I better do something. I'm a deer. I better fucking jump somewhere. Fuck this. I'm gonna just go. <laughs> Should Which I go direction? I don't know. I don't know. Fuck it. We'll go over it. We'll go through it. See my dick? Burn. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's what's going to happen to me. I had a deer jump across me in the headlands years ago. There's this place in Menor called Menor Headlands, and it's a swamp. It's a marsh. And it's a big fucking marsh, and it's big. And it burned. And it burned fucking all of it. Hundreds and hundreds of acres. Um, thousands of acres. I don't know. It's big. Big marsh. And... When it caught on fire, there ain't but two roads. Thing. There's, you know, Jordan Road and Corduroy Road. There's two ways to get into Menor Marsh. And so I happened to be a police officer at the time, and I was off my shift. 
But the whole marsh was on fire, so the sky was glowing. It was really neat. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Since I'm off the clock, and it was like, you know, midnight or 1 o'clock, I'm going to jump on my Vespa, and I'm going to ride my Vespa through the Manor Marsh along Corduroy Road. Just, you know, all the firefighting boats and stuff are inside trying to put mm-hmm. the fire out. But I'm going to ride along the edge of the marsh. It would be really cool. Well, I'm riding along, and it's like, you know, a hot summer night. There's, oh, it's amazing. But there's ashes in the That's air. Say, there's embers in the air. It's really cool. And I'm like, no helmet on, wearing a t shirt and shorts because it's like August. And I'm like, and you're going through fire. It's cool. <laughs> this is a neat experience. Well, then I realized all the animals don't want to be in the marsh anymore. Oh. <laughs> and they don't give a fuck about Jordan Road. Like, they don't care about Jordan Road one bit. Mm-hmm. And so the little ones were, were squiggling across the road. <laughs> And the big ones were jumping across the road. And they did not give a shit about, you know, Mr. P200 deer with the little, you know, 12-watt barely headlight. And the final scene this of deer jumped in front of me. And, I mean, I saw, like, antler and eyeball. And then I was just like, prepare for impact. And I stood, put my head down really low. And then I felt something go, like, in my head region that I know is its back legs. Right? Or tail or something or poo. I don't know. <laughs> but it was right. Like it, I could feel it. And it wasn't just the air of the deer. Jeez. I could see his eyeball. It's close enough I knew it was an eyeball. And at 50 miles an hour, the, the hooves were like, and like brushed my hair back. You know, when I had more hair. And, but like that was the closest I ever Jeez. wanted to be to a deer. I've hit several of them, but that was like, it's good grip walk away, life. close mm-hmm. call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck that. And uh, drive a lot slower after yeah. that for that particular adventure. Yeah, they're they're interesting, but not very smart when it comes to. I think they're getting smarter though. I swear. Well, the ones in the Metro Lake, Parks are. And Avon Lake, I drive past deer constantly, and I think there's some training going on because they used to just be like straight up ah, panic and in front of you. They're not scared of us anymore. And now they're not scared of us anymore. So there's not the panic jump out anymore. It's more of the look up. <sighs> O four Buick, okay, you know, <laughs> whatever, yeah. Yeah. right? Maybe the jumpy ones oh, buck, are all buck, dead. Buck, look, 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 buck, 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 Range Rover, Range Rover, look up, buck, buck. <laughs> oh, it's it's like, no, I was like, what the hell? Wait, am I missing something? I'm convinced they're spotting cars. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, I think they know what they're up to. This one's insured. Come on, jump on, <laughs> jump in front of it. <laughs> yeah, the old men in my neighborhood have signs up now that say like, the speed limit is thirty five. Not 55, beware of the deer. You know, and they're all like hand-painted signs mm-hmm. in their front yards and stuff. So, yeah. We haven't Man, had anybody... retirement must suck. Well, we haven't had anybody call the department <laughs> arts and ask and us to move the location today. of the deer crossing signs. So that's one of those great ones is when somebody calls and be like, you need to move the deer crossing sign. Why? Well, it's unsafe to have them, and I don't like them going through my yard all the time. So if you move the, the sign People are a half dumb? mile down the road, mm-hmm. it'll be a lot safer for them to cross there. And I'm like, yeah. Because that's, that's how it works. <laughs> they asked the deer, and the deer thought, I like this spot. <laughs> we'll mind? put it up for a vote. Right, exactly. <laughs> they must determine that by, like, accidents, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, of like, course they do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's exactly what it is. It's crash data and, and it, right. incident reports or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's got to be how many people get hit the most. All right, so. What about moose crossings, though? Again, I, don't I never want to. I've never seen one, yeah. When I was on my trip, I saw moose from here to, like, the back wall. Yeah. I never no. want to get oh, any man. closer. Those are enormous animals. It's a cow on stilts. Think about it that way. 
with wearing, giant things on it. Yeah, too. wearing yeah. A, a knife helmet and, <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a squirrel on its back. Supposed to get the moose and squirrel. <laughs> Those are enormous animals. That's, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah. So brilliant statement, right? Right. <laughs> well, Ohio deer are no slouch, but moose are really yes. big. Yeah. yeah. The uh, so I wanted to talk about the other elephant in the room. <laughs> the other moose in the room. <laughs> the other moose in the room. <laughs> it's about the same size. So if any of you guys are podcast listeners or pay attention to the world that we live in or watch our YouTube videos or or fucking just been around long enough, you'll know that we've had this uh, we've had this uh, remora. We've had this parasitic growth in our shop for about a year and a half and it turns out you can in fact get rid of herpes because we sold the Suzuki Boulevard C50 finally happened mm. finally right fuel injected bike liquid cooled shaft drive again we talked about it badass bikes for under you know 3000 bucks and couldn't sell that thing i mean couldn't fucking sell that thing and teetering on giving it away and kept it took me a year and a half to realize that bringing that bike into my building was a fucking dumb move. And in that period of time, you know, we've sold Yamaha R3s, we've sold all kinds of fun shit. But man, we could not sell that C50. And now, I mean, it had a couple of cosmetic issues. You know, it had a, a, a blemish on its the front part of its fender. Oh, that one, yeah. Yeah, and it is. it just wasn't anywhere close to perfect, but again, it was $3,000. The price reflected that, too. So It it's did. Like, the price was yeah. totally right. And this was a 10,000-mile bike, you know. Barely broken in. Barely broken in. Had brand new tires on it with Cobra pipes. And you could ride it from here to I don't come fuck where. It ran beautiful, <laughs> right? But it was a great, normal motorcycle. For somebody who wanted a cruiser that did not have 10K to splash around on a Harley, Harley takes, this sure. was a $3,000 yeah. Buy my fucking motorcycle. Make me an asshole. It's fuel injected. All right? So I couldn't get rid of it. Well, then the most adorable man I've ever seen walks into our shop. <laughs> Not according to me, according to Renee. Okay. Oh, man. I, was, I was getting worried. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Sentence does. Renee really. Like a Phil sentence. Renee really <laughs> liked this guy. He's a good guy. Don't get me wrong. But he recently had his 80th birthday. And uh, again, any day above ground at that point, but he's he's riding motorcycles, right? What do they say? He's he's not the type that buys green bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, um, he's he is he came in the shop and he just was like, well, you know, he's looking at everything, and I give him credit. You know, he's got all the stuff. He's wearing the the pointy-toed cowboy boots. You know, he's got the vest. You know, he's got his cut on, and. Uh, He's very, very dapper, you know. He's just a, but he like height ain't his fucking problem, right? He's every inch of five four and a half, right? He's not a big gentleman, and not particularly heavily built. Okay. I mean, this guy. I'm picturing him. This guy doesn't go out in certain types of wind. <laughs> uh, he's just not really good night, Renee. So the uh, so he comes in the shop and he does a really good job. He's really shopping around. He's really looking, asking a lot of questions, sitting on cool shit, whatever. And just being a good guy. So it comes down to it. The C50 kind of suits his needs. And I'm like extraordinarily <laughs> excited right now. Yes, please. I have what they call in the industry a sales bonus. So I've got, I'm pretty excited that we're going to sell the unsellable. And... Then he describes why. 
He says the bike that he has at home, the bike that he's had since brand new, is a Kawasaki Vulcan 1500 Nomad. Mm. Which is a big (laughs) fucking bike. We're all sitting in the shadow of it right now. In fact, if the bike suddenly moves to the other side of the room, we're all going to go with it. This is a bike that has its own gravity. It's larger displacement than my car. It is. Yeah, <laughs> they sound like modified Yo Mama jokes. It is. Right? <laughs> These are all Excellent. <laughs> I like where this is going. Keep going. Yeah. In, in, in the anal game, it is the anal nomad. Mm. So the uh, 1500. Not, anal not one to hang around, a bit of an anal nomad. So, uh, so the bike, which is funny though, because he traded the anal nomad for an anal boulevard. Oh, uh, well, I, I think I'd rather be an anal nomad than to live right there on Anal Boulevard. The uh, <laughs> full-time track. resident of Anal Boulevard. But anyhow... It's not a quiet street. It's Yeah, so this is something <laughs> in the neighborhood of a 900-pound motorcycle. <laughs> right, right there, I'll see myself uh, out. Right in the bottom. <laughs> you live right there at the bottom of Pillowbiter Court? Okay. <laughs> so, this is 1,500 cc's. It's a giant... It's a giant... Let's just call it an homage. How much do you think that thing weighs? Oh, in the neighborhood of like 950 pounds. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a heavy bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, Does it, it still is. have second gear? Yeah, yeah, it has all the gears. Um, and you know what? It's got 30,000 miles on it, but this guy was wow. a real careful rider. There's one dent in the whole bike, and it's by your left knee. Mm. And he was nice enough to put a sticker. Yeah, I can see those. And what's the sticker of? What's the sticker of? It's like a Pikachu. No, a Pikachu. It's a sticker a deer? of a deer. Oh. Because he got hit by a deer. What? Wow. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So he got hit by a deer. Bambi. And uh, a deer rest, hit. Rest in peace. Right there. Right there. <laughs> so he's got his, his Bambi sticker right where the deer's head went. Wow. And uh, he got away with it. He didn't crash the bike. But the, uh, the deer oh, hit him. Cruise control. Yeah, it's got the, the frictional, the, the old school low... Mm-hmm. Low tech friction cruise control, and he's a member of the Christian uh, Motorcycles Association, right? I know that three times now. Yeah, there's one on. Every... There's three, at least three stickers <laughs> on there, reminding you that you have just been in the presence of greatness and a member of the Christian Motorcycles Association. Behold, it's got brand new tires on it, and uh, the heads look so Harley esque. They are everything yeah. about that bike is a very, very well thought out replica of a Harley Davidson. And, but would anybody like to guess what the NADA trade-in value of that fuel-injected... I would love to guess. Fuel-injected... Model year? 1500cc, 2003. Ooh. Without all the add-ons? Well, the the way they're assuming you're going to bring it into the shop. Clean. (laughs) Which means we're going to have to take off some shit. (laughs) That's Um, half of it. I'm going to say it's going to be shockingly low. I'm actually going to say uh, 2003. 3,500? No. I'm going to say penny. 35? 1050. Go ahead. 3,500? 1050. 1,000, $1,050. Yes, sir. Okay. 3,500. Anyone got an opinion of what that bike should be given, what I should give the man, trade in value value. on that bike? Right. Buck a CC. Anyone? Steve, anyone got an idea? 1250. Yeah, well, you know what? It turns out if it's in Perfect condition, eighteen hundred bucks. So between yeah. thirteen hundred and eighteen hundred bucks, or 
what we like to say, a buck a CC. C. And when we started this podcast years and years and years ago, we all talked about how the buck a CC thing was dead. Not anymore. It ain't. That's a fuel-injected motorcycle with brand-new tires on it. Wow. Buck a like CC. This. And it's got hard... <laughs> well, See? Yes, it's not bad at so all. It's, really? got, it's, it's got... Okay. It's got hard Kawasaki lockable side-loader bags. Mm-hmm. It's got crash bars front and rear... And on the top cases, and got, on the front fender. It's got crash, crash bars for the bags. It's got crash bars for the bags. Oh, That's yeah, exactly right. right. Now, the worst thing about it is the the fact that it was owned by an 80-year-old man, and that is that it has the American Eagle yeah. glued yeah. or welded or something I never to understood that. the windshield on the top. To me, the idea of putting American flags and American Eagles on right. a Japanese-made motorcycle, right. unless your Japanese motorcycle is one of the Kawasaki's or Hondas that was built in America... Which, Which case, it might be. I would put an Ohio flag on that motherfucker. Is this a Mary's right. flag or whatever? I don't think it is. No, I don't think this one is. I think the Kawasaki Vulcan 1500 Nomad is a Japanese bike. Okay. Yeah. It is comfortable. It is very <laughs> comfortable. It has a backrest on it. It's astronomically comfortable. I gave him, uh, I gave him two thousand dollars trade in value, okay. uh, because Fair. he was worried. taking something off my shelf, right. off right. my floor that right. I desperately wanted to lose. And he's a cool old guy, super nice old guy. The bike's in excellent running condition. It's mechanically been very well looked after. I know the guy who's been working on it for him. Mm-hmm. And aside from the only mistake he made was that top case on the back. Yes. Which Agreed. we're yeah. taking the top case off entirely. And throwing Steve, it away. would you like to briefly reach back and jiggle that top case? It's very... It, no, so yeah, here's it a, I'd like to reenact for you the sound of taking this bike down. There you go. That's what this bike sounds like going down West 162nd Street. <laughs> Let me tell you, Something great. wrong with your V twin. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, I think you need to tuning. I think that's a Ducati clutch. I hear. Uh, <laughs> stock, stock pipes. Yeah, almost stock a rarity pipe. on these. Yeah, yeah um, very much a rarity. And shaft drive. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that back. They are aftermarket pipes, but they're very mellow. Mm. Shaft drive. Shaft drive. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, you're really getting a pretty nice combination. Fuel-injected shaft drive, not obnoxious pipes, tastefully old man, but tastefully modded. I really can't complain. I, and it's a unique shade of what I like to call Oldsmobile, Oldsmobile, Oldsmobile Burgundy. Yes. Yeah. With dusty rose highlights. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Dusty rose. That's dusty good, rose. That's a good way to put that. Yeah. 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 Dusty yeah. rose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is a big fucking motorcycle. I rode it around. It does all the things it's supposed to do. It does them all fine. But... Here's my argument. Here's my point. Yeah. What the fuck yeah. are these? For? Lower fairings. So because Those known as fangs in the MC world. So they're fangs. Blow air, air <laughs> they're through fangs. Your kneecaps. Yes, and the idea is that that's what a vet if you're for. getting a lot of wind under your headlight, which you would, because you notice how much attention they put to putting a windshield from the freeway lights up. Yeah. yeah. They paid no attention from the freeway lights down. I've never seen. Yeah. This no, that's a real thing. Yeah. That's really? Just, well, some, yeah. some of these. Those. Um, windshields have the, that loop like this. Oh, yeah, they they'll do the, all yeah, the way they down. down yeah. so they put them on. Yeah, I've seen those even on the Vespa sometimes. Yeah, they do but yeah these are lowers. Yeah, these are called fairing lowers I've or windshield lowers. This. And, yeah, pretty common. He's got his bike set up like you'd expect a guy that's got 30,000 <laughs> miles on his bike. And, yeah. you know, uh, but I'm taking the whole top case assembly off so that, including, like, there's a backrest that yeah. comes with it. That I'm not putting on. Yeah. Sadly, because that thing, it looks pretty cool. Because this bike would look nice with a nice round tail. So with yeah. a nice drop right. from the back seat to the back, 
like an FLH should have. Mm-hmm. If you um, squint, it, it looks Road King-ish if you took the top oh, piece off. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, uh, the faux pack. I'm Torpec. sure the faux pack. is <laughs> the faux pack. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they're working real hard to make sure that there's a lot of squinting involved when you buy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dual front rotor setup? I mean, yeah, that's a pretty legit setup. Well, and this is the point. So we have now gotten to a point where I was generous and I gave him $2,000. Yeah. Okay. That being said, we're going to retail it on our floor for under three grand. It'll mm-hmm. go for three grand. Okay. So somebody who wants a reliable, big fucking motorcycle for $3,000, mm-hmm. that's a big fucking motorcycle. Yeah, it's a big motorcycle. And it's a reliable big fucking motorcycle. And it's, if you want to look, yeah. if you want it to have the look of a Harley, it has the look of a boy. There, there is not a Kawasaki on. badge on that thing. No. Yeah. yeah the manufacturer was very careful not to yeah. remind you. Except of for the radiator. When I was looking at it, I'm like, <laughs> I was confused for a second because I'm like, you know, that's not the Harley. Does so much oh, to yeah. put the it's little oil radiators cooler. on the side. Right, it's an oil cooler. It's not a radiator. Yeah. yeah. There's no coolant in this bike. Mm-hmm. This is not liquid cool. Oil's not liquid. But the uh, heads are squared <laughs> off just like a Harley. Yeah, the I mean, heads are squared like, off just like a Harley head. It's a very, very Harley-looking vehicle, and it's a very easy bike to fool people into thinking it's a Harley. Yeah. But what it is, though, is standing on its own feet, it's a good motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's a fine motorcycle just being a motorcycle. Uh, but what kills me is how cheap you can get these things now. And there's just one, we don't have enough new motorcycle buyers. There just aren't enough buyers for all the bikes that were sold 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So we're running into a situation where we have tons of motorcycles for between 20 and five years ago. And nobody's buying them. There just aren't enough of them. And I've heard stories about warehouses out in Texas that are just brimming full of motorcycles. That dealers have taken in on trade and had to sell, had to take the bike in on trade so they could sell a new one. Because mm. oh. there is nothing, there's no better client than the guy who's already a rider. So when you're not making any new riders, you have to embrace the shit out of the riders you have. Which means sometimes offering somebody a better Ooh, trade than he deserves yeah. to get the new bike oh, off the floor. Because if you don't keep it's selling like new bikes, you're going to go into business. Model. It's a terrible business yeah. model. Huh. But but it's the future with cars too because is. you have a you have a, a whole segment of Ultra the population is. now that no that that would rather oh, Uber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't want a car, they don't want to ride, they don't want to pay insurance, they don't want to do anything, and they'll just take an Uber wherever they go. And, and I've seen the overhead photographs, the, the spy camera photographs, of fields full of two and three year old brand new cars hmm. that yeah. are just sitting out there rusting. Right. Because there was nobody, nobody to buy them. You know, they anticipated this many buyers. Those many people aren't buying. Now, whether people are just being tighter with their money, or like you said, the, there is a certain Choosing element of people that just think they don't need a car anymore. Maybe they don't need a car anymore. Because we've never in society been so well exposed to this, this ability to have a ride-sharing program. It's not that public transportation suddenly became not desirable. It's just in the period of the past two years or three years, I've had a new opportunity open up to me as a consumer, and that is I don't want to jump in a cab because every time I get in a yellow cab, it's a shithole. It smells like shit. It smells like piss. Somebody just puked in it. It's in terrible condition. The car's in horrible shape and wobbling down the road. 
And these are professional cars. You like, can't these are understand cars. what the driver's right. saying. Well, even, yeah. even if you could, it doesn't matter. And then you get in an argument with the driver about where you're going. Mm-hmm. And then you get in an argument when he takes you the way that you know isn't the right way to get there. Extortion. To extort the price out of right. it. Now they come up with a system called Uber or Lyft, and now the thing takes you right where you're supposed to go according to the GPS that you can see. Yep. And it's the best route there, and you've paid for it in advance. There's no negotiation or haggling. There's no, the guy's not running the meter or he is running the meter to it's try and It's a brand new car. Off. It's a less than five-year-old yep. car or less than eight-year-old car. And the guy's, you got all of the guy's fucking credentials, which is, in my opinion, better than, congratulations, you got your hack license 23 years ago. <laughs> Ooh, you're not a rapist this year, yeah. you know? And you this know the price up front. Right, exactly. Yeah. Whereas... With an Uber or a Lyft, these guys are, I hate to say it, they're better vetted privately than any hack system or license, you know, licensed cab operator I've ever seen in this country. The last cab I took was in Chicago. Yeah. The guy went the wrong way. Yeah. First mistake. Drove around for a while, stopped at a gas station, yeah. asked us for money for the cab. Yep. And yeah. then finally yeah. got us to where we were going, and yeah. it was like a mile away, and it took like... 30 yeah. minutes to get there oh, because yeah. he was just screwing around. Yeah, the, well, this is my my experience has been the last four or five times in my life I've taken anything resembling a pro cab. It's been a terrible experience. Whereas the last 10 or 12 times I've had an Uber, it's always been exceptionally good. Three stars. Best ever. It was exactly what I needed. Three stars. The uh, uh, So that's a thing that's causing people to not buy cars. And I talked to a guy today. He's like, well, yeah, my kids, my oldest kid's 15 years old now. I was like, oh, well, he'll be in a car soon and, you know, he'll be driving everywhere and he'll be out of your hair. And he's like, no, no, I wish, but no, he has no interest in driving whatsoever. And I said, well, he's like, so I'm getting a scooter. Um, I'm going to have some fun. And then my car will be at home. If he wants to take my car, he can take my car. If he chooses to get a license, he can. Otherwise, he can spend what money he gets on Uber and take an Uber where he needs to go. He's like, but you know what? I've raised four kids. This one's 15. I'm going to have some fun. And he's like, I'm buying a bike. So here's another guy whose kid is absolutely not interested in driving a car. And I said, well, what, how does he feel about bikes? No, not really. So how does he feel about Fortnite? Does <laughs> he do yeah. stupid dance and all that? Kind of I like, am God. sure. No, that's called flossing. Yeah, it's called flossing. <laughs> you mean the stupid dance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah. One. Again, <laughs> I don't know, and but I do. I do think that if somebody is interested in buying motorcycles in today's market, it's a fantastically good market. Yeah. Awesome time to buy. Yeah. So about awesome times to buy. We've seen how that side of the market lives, right? If Which not old, a bad side, even again, even if you're young. I'm a. I'm it's a, a 1500 cc cruiser, sure, that you can have for under three thousand dollars and cruise your whole life away and cruise and your balls and off, it's, it's, and you can go wherever you want. I mean, that bike will go wherever. you And want at the to end go. of the day, when you're done with it, yeah. or if it wrecks or something, mm-hmm. you probably won't be that far off from your purchase price. Oh yeah. God, no! So you, I mean, you, you could change. You could change bikes like you change shoes or T-shirts or something, and still. Not really lose yeah, all Yeah, much. but the problem is in 10, 15 years, there's not going to be a lot of people that are willing to spend the money 
for a brand new bike yeah. that at some point someone's going to buy it cheap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Right. There's no new buyers. For yeah, the, new the real problem could be happening 15 years. Now, yes, right? it's not yeah, right now. It's by then, I'll be dead. I don't care. Hover bikes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hover bikes. I feel like that'll all come around though. It, 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 it's it'll be cyclical. <clears throat> You don't think? I don't. I don't think that's going up in value. That combustion car, like that, was like the American fifties, or like you know, like that's like a fifties dream. You guys are depressing tonight. It's not depressing. (laughs) It's just the way it is. I mean, you can't get you can't get half the people that you hire to work, and you think they're, and then they complain about money. So how do you think? They don't want to spend the money. I mean, they're frugal. Like like I my. I mean, I shouldn't say, but I have people I know. They're risk averse. They work yeah. for three months and then they stop working. Yeah. And then they just do whatever they want for, until they run yeah. out of money. Then they're like, oh, I guess maybe we should get a job. Gig again. economy mentality. See, if, if, right. if, if, but, it's, uh, if it's hard for, for younger people to buy a car that you're using it for, for going to work. Yeah. And I can't not, make, the thing is, I, if I can't make you excited about a 2003 1,500cc fuel-injected giant Kawasaki Vulcan no, Drifter, or Nomad. Nomad, if it was a Drifter, I'd be really happy right now. But it's a Nomad. Uh, if I can't make you excited about that big giant cruiser that's sitting there, that, yeah, you could ride that cross-country, and it would do everything yeah. great, and it would carry all your shit, and it would be super comfy. It's got all the adjustable stuff. If I can't make you excited about that, then I'm going to have you all look to the right. I won. Because yeah. if the big giant 1500cc Kawasaki Nomad doesn't put lead in your pencil. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> the 2003 Yamaha YZF R1 should put lead in your pencil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see a taker. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a fuel injected motorcycle. It's only graphite. <laughs> What'd you say it was? 2001? I can't. I, that one I think is an 03 as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an 03. Um, that's more your jam. It's an 03. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what do we know about those? Well, it's a fucking R1, people. My knees hurt already. Yeah, my knees hurt already. better yeah. suit it for that one. Yeah, I, wrote it, I, I, I wrote it away from the guy's house. And it's a limited edition. It's the, uh, it's what I call the uh, flamer. Uh, <laughs> it's black with three different colors or two different colors of red flame decals on the bottom There's of it. There's a carbon fiber exhaust. Yeah, so yeah, it, has a Yoshimura, it has a Yoshimura pipe with matching uh, mapping. Yeah, that's all right. And it does, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, <laughs> it runs and idles and does everything great. And yep. it's, it, it's a non-molested, non-fucked with, right. aside from a zero-gravity tinted windshield, which is yeah. normal, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's got brand new, brand new tires on it. Uh, okay, that's a pretty cool motorcycle. It is. I, and, it is. Cool. and I mean, I don't know off the top of my noggin, but those things are like you know, eight thousand horsepower or something. I don't know. Something it like that. should be an actual number. Yeah, it could be. They're right? scary. Yeah, they're 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 not they're not for the timid. Those bikes. And I've ridden it around, and before I bought it, I. I kind of rode it around a lot. I was being very careful because buying a used sport bike is fucking shark-infested water. Because no matter how good you think you are at buying a bike, hiding problems with that bike is way easy. Oh, really? There's a lot of plastic. Sport bikes have tons of plastic on them, and it's real, real easy 
in that tons of plastic to hide all kinds of problems. It's no PC-800, though. Yeah, it's no yeah. PC-800. No, these mirrors don't cost $400. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> and sport bikes tend to have very abusive Especially owners. with your bikes. Yeah. Especially your, your, bikes. Oh, any, yeah. your 600s, your um, 750s, and your 1000s. Yeah. Wide open throttle shifts, That's clutch buy them. They attract Speed mollusks. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> attract mollusks. Speed riding. Yeah, yeah right. A, a lot of cephalopods <laughs> tend to ride the, uh, yeah, tend to ride the, uh, the R1s. When and you bought that, did it come with flip flops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there were no toes in them, so it was cool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> after Renee left. Oh, uh, too yeah. soon. I mean, they're, I mean, they're a really. I mean, these are a very, very good bike. And a I short mean, that's up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of stuff, like, and the bike, the R1 is their their version of a GSXR. I mean, it's their full yeah, race on race. It's a good looking bike. Yeah, and it's a, a big a big thing about them has always been like the Delta Box frame. Like a lot of the stuff about the bikes have always been designed to be a performance machine. You know, and, and yeah, go ahead. How good is it at crossing streams? Yeah. <laughs> never cross the streams. Exactly. <laughs> never, never cross the streams. Never cross the streams. <laughs> Advice. <laughs> so, Advice that's uh, still true today. To give you an idea. Streams. Of five stars. Five stars. <laughs> so to give you an idea of what the numbers were for that bike. So that bike, uh, that got bike got a zero to 60 time of 2.9 seconds. Oh, my mm. God. Yep. Melt your face. A quarter mile of 10.32. Tear your pants off. And crossed the line at 137.60. So crossing the line at 137 after 10 and a half seconds, uh, it's pretty quick. And a, a top speed of 167. Yeah, so I, I don't need that. Nobody needs <laughs> no. Of course not. Uh, but nobody in the world it. needs it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I even want it. Yeah, there's something <laughs> real cool about being in the, in the, the sweet spot and then just getting like a, coming oh out of a corner God. and... Getting on the throttle and just in that perfect purr of the motor and oh, and they man. claim that's 150 yeah. horsepower. Uh, There's something to that. Yeah, they claim that's uh, oh, well, you know it, that is yeah, that's 157 horsepower. Okay, so was that a trade or is that just an outright sale? That was an outright sale. Um, we had a customer call us, wanted to sell their Vespa, and uh, while I was out looking at the Vespa, <clears throat> ran into this, and then ran into this and kind of. Negotiations ensued, and what I'll tell you is, I bought that bike for less than three thousand dollars. Nice, oh, that's a good deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's out there, man. Like those that's deals cool. are out there. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, I don't know what I'll sell it for. The Kelly Blue Book on the bike is between four and five grand. It's a limited <laughs> edition bike. It's in extremely good shape. It's it dirty. Is. Yeah, but. It's- yeah, it's filthy, but all the plastics there, and I I wiggled all the plastic. There's no broken tabs or anything solid, behind yeah. it. Super important because all oh, the clips man, are yeah. uh, nightmare after that. That's the zip ties and, and crawled all over it and made sure that the R1 decals and stuff that are on there aren't just stickers because that's the thing people will do is they'll mm. respray body work, you know, eBay body work, yeah, and they'll put sticker. stickers on because there's stickers available for every scheme. Yeah, but not glossed over. But not the proper decals that are you know clear coated in. And so I kind of went over this one as carefully as I, I dared. And then when I fired it up and it started and it ran and it's got a receipt for, you know, $600 worth of tires in the past seven months, that's a good sign. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's what we're saying is like that motorcycle, 2003, that's not even, 
How do you say that's outdated? How do you say that 150-some horsepower is outdated? How do you say that yeah. 0 to 60 in less than three seconds is outdated? It's fuel-injected. It's got the upside-down forks. It's, yeah. it's, you know, what can you do? Well, you might change, like, you might put progressive components in the forks, you know? Or leans like, on the back. What can you do to make that a lot better? For anybody, that, like, my skill level, that thing's already five factors over my skill yeah. level. Jesus Christ, I'm not qualified to ride that bike. No, that, so, well, that's the problem. You're, you're yeah. essentially running, you know, comparison, like hypercars. Yeah. And giving them to young, even to, even an experienced well, rider on the street, you can't use. Boy, that's that a bike, hell of a right? good point. Yeah. How that's coming much from a money young guy. would it cost you to buy a car that, that can go from zero to sixty mm-hmm. in under three seconds and have a top speed of 167 miles an hour? But that you can buy for pocket change. Well, well, oh, you're saying ramp it up, okay? I'm going to say your mission today is to buy a car that goes from zero to sixty in three seconds. And has a top speed of 167 miles per hour. Less than $100,000? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we did that as a top gear challenge, Mm-mm. could it be done? Like, what's the cheapest dollar amount you could spend to buy those that motorcycle's mm-hmm. performance parameters? And it's not like I had to go on a quest to find it. It jumped in the boat. I mean, it did. <laughs> no, your best bet would be to put two sidecars on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the other one's for. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you... Yeah. Put that one in like the top case, and you dispatch that when you're like on the side of the highway, and then that one comes <laughs> out. <and> just... <laughs> you be, yeah, that's exactly what it is. You get a sidecar for the for Kawasaki 1500 mm-hmm. that's just a rail. You put the R1 on the side oh. of it. Yeah, they have giant incompatibility issues because one's a Kawasaki and the other one's Yamaha. Yeah, they'll never don't cross the streams. Don't. Yeah, don't cross the streams. That's right. Well, Yamaha and Kawasaki have proven to work together in the past. So the uh, it's interesting though. That's that's cheap for that much bike. This is my yeah. point. Yeah. This really is cheap. exactly my point. Uh, more for I mean, well, yeah, uh, yeah for yes, both one, bikes, but yeah, the technology you're getting out of that is right. I mean, and they're both and they're both from like, this century. Right. I mean, that's we didn't have to go into the wayback machine. There's fuel injection on both of these bikes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, no carburetors to clean ever. Right. It's kind of shocking, and I I really I I'm kind of having a a moment with this. So that's a it's a big deal. Do you have a buyer lined up for it already? No, no, no not yet. I thought that would just sweeten the deal. I just, we're going to let the internet just have its way with these no. things. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we've learned at the shop here is that there there are ten thousand dollar bikes and there are five thousand dollar bikes. And what you don't want are three thousand dollar bikes. Hmm. You will spend more time wasting time yeah. talking to somebody about a three thousand dollar bike when those KZ when the KZ nine hundred the KZ one yeah, thousand yeah. left. And they were gone, and we all collectively breathed a sigh of relief that these fucking albatrosses left the shop. <laughs> these millstones around my neck, these any sort of fucking parable you want to put, these bikes were a pain in the goddamn dick. And then yesterday rolled up today's version of those guys, of that bikes, like history to prove that every generation has an asshole right <laughs> and so for the past 20 some years anybody who owns a motorcycle shop has been listening to people say the i got kz 900 kz one hours kz 1000 right we've all been doing it we've all been doing it yesterday dude pulls up in front of my shop i have pictures on a hayabusa Oh. Wearing mom jeans, oh, fanny pack, 
a black tank top, at least $300 worth of random tattoos in 1979. A hair hair job that I would not even call It's a bad combination. Mullet. I was going to say, we'll see we're only a mullet. (laughs) Called it. (laughs) Yeah. Not even a mullet. This dude got off of there. I, I I can't the I just don't have the words for him. Um, uh, farmer's tan, mom jeans, New Balance shoes. Pass oh, it around. Wow. Just pass it around. He's spectacular. <laughs> that right? is breathtaking. But what I'm going to tell you is, you know that guy sold a KZ oh, 1000. God. Oh yeah. To buy that Hayabusa. He was here. Yes, he was here. What what caught his eye? I don't know, but I fucking ignored the shit out of him. <laughs> I ignored him harder than I've ignored anyone lately. Jeez. And he came in, and I did, you know, I did the like the normal, like, hey, how you, what's going on? I had other customers that were already percolating, mm-hmm. and I was working some different stuff. And he looked around, and he kind of walked the he walked the aisles. Now, now we don't have a KZ nine hundred in here anymore. Nope. And we don't have a KZ-1000. Mm-hmm. But we've got everything from a 64 Superhawk yeah. to a, a brand new out-of-the-crate VFR-1200 Interceptor with no miles on it. Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not specifically. I, I've seen that yeah. guy. Right. But, I mean, he's riding the Hayabusa. I've and he's, guy. you know, this guy hasn't worn a helmet in this century. Jeez. Right? And this guy is carrying a uh, Glock on his hip. Mm-hmm. You know, he's that guy, you know, the concealed carry, you know, kind of guy. This is just all the guys. You take a look at him. He's got the gun on his hip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you look at the the other picture of him, um, you know, born to touch children tattoo, all the stuff, right? (laughs) Nice. And, yeah. I mean, this guy is just like the pasty, white, angry fuck, like. And all the tattoos were like skulls with flames coming out of them and like, you know, nothing fun at all. And just that Look, guy. A confessional. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Priest name. Yeah. Oh, we'll see you, Kevin. Have a good Cheers. night. Have a good night. See you. Have a good and night. we're starting to get those guys now. So we're starting to get the Hayabusa guys. And when the guy comes in and, you know, and to the credit, this Hayabusa, I actually think... This is a 2018 Hayabusa. I think it's a 2019. Because the white color scheme was what I remember from the show this year. Mm -hmm. And if you look carefully, those are 100% stock factory exhausts. Yeah. Which I've never seen on a Hayabusa in the the real world. Right. Right. He's never crashed that one. Right. This bike has (laughs) never had aftermarket pipes put on it. I think this might be a brand new, sano-clean, sanitary Hayabusa. Owned by a guy with a 22 caliber Glock on his left hip. <laughs> and I looked, and it is a 22 caliber Glock, which wow. is not, you know, wow. I mean, again, <laughs> but it was sun's out, guns out for this guy, oh, yeah. right? And, and that is the guy. And upon exiting, after trying to desperately not have any contact with him, and I figured he's on a Hayabusa. What is he looking He for? has a motorcycle. Right. Yeah. Right? He's not coming in here looking to buy a helmet. Or a Vespa. Because why would he fuck up that haircut? <laughs> and he ain't going to come in here and buy a Vespa or a Vespa jacket or anything yeah. that we're selling. Moto Guzzi attire, apparel, or mm-hmm. parts. 
And so as he was walking out the door, I caught him. I was like, hey, what you, you know, beautiful day for a ride. Cool busa. What you looking for? Uh, you had a couple of KZs in here. <laughs> oh, man. And I went, yeah. justified. Like, fresh out. You know what? <laughs> and I told him, I was like, they're in a museum. <laughs> well, you know, I, and I was like, don't, don't even. And as soon as he started, I was like, away. yeah, have a great day, man. We'll see you around. Mm-hmm. He just came in to inspect this building yeah. just to, to see if the KZ, the, the KZ that was in the front window fell off the lift or yeah. something. Yeah. You know? He was uh, sniffing them out. He was sniffing them out because he figured, <laughs> if mine, I'll bet you if he's still got those bikes, I'll offer him three grand. He'll take them because he's had them forever. Yep. He came in to try and find the KZ 900, the KZ 1000. Like, yep. So that guy is riding on Hayabusa now. Because, That's fitting. Right. Yeah. Because he wants the fastest motorcycle money can buy. Mm-hmm. And God. there you have it. The Super Cub. The Super Cub. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I almost killed myself on that R1 the other day because I've been riding the Zero way too much. Oh. And I've been riding the Zero daily, like in every condition and having fun with it. I've had it to 124 miles per hour. It is fucking, I can tell you right now, the bike can go faster than 124 miles an hour. They're just not letting it go faster than 124 mm-hmm. miles an hour. Oh, that was that. It's a, mo- it hits 124 that miles an hour. Looks like it could do 200 miles an hour. It, it hits 124 <laughs> like there is a rope tied to the back of it. Like when it hits 124, it's like you could be downhill. It's not going to give you 125. Right? I, I wish they would taper off the top end a little bit. Oh, you know, it's like a, it's like a. You're right. Like your bike, it's you, it's like a wall. It goes right up and then it just stops. Yeah, so it's almost like you're. It is violent. You're anticipating yeah. more, like yeah. you're anticipating the to, like, to fall off, but it yeah. doesn't fall off. No. It just goes up. It just it's there. No, it yeah. it, it's exactly right. It does not give you any. And there's no slack at all. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, when you get up there... There's no warning. If you're not looking at the, the speedometer... It's shocking. You know that... Now, you, granted, your bike hits it at 88? 85. 85, right? Your bike hits it at 85. And I've got... What I think is... I mean, we're going to be wrapping up in like 20 minutes. So tell him if he wants to come in. He can't. Yeah. The, uh, what I don't... That's what I don't care for it. Now, granted, at 124 miles per hour, you're kind of excited at that moment. So, you know, cutting a, cutting it at 124 is probably not, you know, the worst place to limit it. But at 88 or at 85 miles per hour on those FXs, I've always found that was like, because even mine had the chain kit. And for some reason with the chain kit, it could kind of like, it could show me like 91 or 92 on the gauge. Right. You know, and I don't know how they how that worked out for the math on their system mm-hmm. whether the display speed and the regulated speed if that data came from different streams yeah so that on my fx with the chain kit i could go and indicated 92 miles per hour whereas on the bike with no chain kit i could get to 85 or 86 indicated and it was done that was it so yeah, when for I did me the chain it doesn't kit, for me it doesn't matter all that much yeah but uh, i would like to i mean in an emergency you wish you could do a little bit more I, I, I mean, and I, it has enough to. I mean, it's not as. Oh, low, there's clearly way more power. It's not as though you hit it and it's like it's yeah. it's out of breath or anything. No, mm-hmm. but and that's what I can tell you with the SRF, is when you hit it at 124 miles per hour. My only problem was traffic. So so far, all the yeah. times I've been riding these have been essentially you know, coming into work at between eight and nine in the morning, and leaving work at like eight to nine at night, right? And, uh, you know, summertime, it's a 12-hour day around here. So 
But leaving work, you know, 124 miles per hour closes a gap pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a lot of room. And this sucker comes on. Like, there's a couple of times I just I just grab a handful of throttle in the video I posted on YouTube. Yep. And you can watch it click from 85 to 125. Yeah. It's like water flowing out of a faucet. Yeah. It's just, it's just, <clears throat> the numbers just fall onto the gauge. And it does. It's for a bike with no windshield on it and like no aerodynamic enhancements whatsoever. It pushes through the air with fucking authority. Do you think that part of it is how long can you sustain that battery-wise? Yeah, I don't know because I don't fucking care. I mean, I will admit it. Yeah. I am a different kind of electric rider. Mm-hmm. So I know where I left my house. Right? right. I know where I put it. Yeah, you're not going and I know where my job this is. thing. I mean, it's not and like... I know all the places that I can go between those two of the various different types of drive I want to have to work, right? Yeah. And I can make my work, I can make my drive to work as many as 65 miles. Not even hitting yeah. 50%. Which means battery. I could put the bike in sport mode and just have it pinned that wide open the whole time and still have battery. Yeah. Yeah. So That's true. for me, I've never had a motorcycle that was exil- as exhilarating as this is yeah. or has in control. And that, I think, is what I'm starting to appreciate in a weird zen-like way is performance is control. Mm. And I rode the R1 the other day, and within a very short distance, I'm making a right-hand turn on an uphill, and I fed it throttle, and I kind of fed it throttle without giving a due amount of respect to the tires are cold, Mm -hmm. it has a lot of horsepowers, it has a lot of torques, and I fed it a lot of power. I was going up the hill, and I let the clutch out, and I probably did something that violated the rules of adhesion. Mm -hmm. And the bike went, oh, I love to do that. (laughs) And the tire went faster than the bike was, and the bike tried to pass me on the left, and, you know, I signaled hard for the left-hand turn, I cocked the wheel hard to the left and straightened her out. But it was like... Pulse rate at 140, <laughs> right? Yeah, blood pressure. <clears throat> blood pressure maxed out. over 100. Right? <laughs> Shoulders going, I'm probably going to feel that later, right? Because I went full lock on it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But that was the difference of riding a motorcycle with 150 horsepowers. Mm-hmm. You know, unknown, to, I, don't want to, I don't know the math for the torques on an R1, which is an amazing, proud, wonderful motorcycle. Yep. It's, it's one of the best in the world. But that's what I was wondering yeah. about, like, skill degradation yeah. when, like, even with these cars. Like the I'm cars absolutely that certain Check of your it. lanes. Cars that do yeah. this. Cars that do this. I'm certain or, of it. So, so instead certain. of having to turn your oh, head yeah, the, and the looking which light. way you're going yeah. and making sure that the guy, there's nobody next to you, but right. there's also not a guy that's 100 yards behind oh, you yeah. coming up at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Right. You know, and all this stuff. And then, and then you get into another car. That doesn't have like like yeah, me. Right. I notice it with anti-lock brakes. I mean, not that my I use anti-lock brakes or traction control all mm-hmm. that much. Yeah. But you go from a bike that's got all the bells, like my Africa Twin, right. has you know the three levels of traction control, mm-hmm. anti-lock brakes. I mean, I never have to worry about anything. I mean, I I don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I get on. I mean, this this monkey, <laughs> and. It doesn't control anything. Out. I mean, it's like riding an old school bike. I mean, oh, it's. Yeah. And I found out today, though, that it does have link brakes. 
Yeah, that would make sense because it's the same basic thing as a crop. Right, and I didn't I didn't know it until today, and I don't know why I didn't really even I wasn't even thinking about it, but mm-hmm. I was trying to control no because the nose dives a lot. Yeah, and so when I hit the brakes, it, yeah. the, I only hit the back brake. I was trying to modulate. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm like, this is odd because right. the front. I mean, gonna go there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, I should realize that because most of my bikes have link brakes anyway, sure, yeah. so it's not. But but I think your skills. When you're not relying, when you know you don't have to rely on yourself, you get lazy about your driving skills. And how important clutch skill is. Like, clutch matching, like friction matching, right, yeah. is such an, uh, a critical element of riding a high-horsepower motorcycle or a high-torque motorcycle. It's such a critical element because you are constantly using that clutch mm-hmm. as an interface, you know, a heat-generating interface between the universe of the power generation factory and the universe that is we call earth you know and so we have to make these two things agree with each other Mm -hmm. or catastrophic circumstances will ensue and when i it takes me a while to learn a motorcycle and to learn where that clutch friction zone is and to get used to that particular bike in those getting going from a stop up a hill on a right hand turn situation on a bike that i'm totally green on and that's from, where... And you're going from a bike with no clutch. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's a little yeah. bit different going from... The uh, bike that I rode to work in the clutch. morning, I kind of have been getting a little more comfortable with it. And I left a red light into a hard right-hander, like at a stop, made a 90-degree right-hand turn, and then got on the on-ramp to the freeway. And I did this all from the stop. I didn't throw the throttle to wide-open stops. But I threw the throttle to maybe a quarter, made the bike turn hard to the right. Still to this day, I cannot tell you I have felt anything that feels like what I know is traction control, although I'm certain something's happening. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's intervening without, pretty much without letting the operator know it's intervening. Uh, anytime I ride, there are certain motorcycles, example, anytime, any time at all that I, I had that BMW. Um, K12, right? So anytime I rode that K12, in any circumstance, the nature of that bike made me want to ride it a certain way, and I felt the traction control system operating every time I rode that bike. Hmm. Because I tended to ride that bike a little more aggressively because of the traction control system, and the traction control system had a very distinctive feel to it. Hmm. Okay, You knew... That somebody was, going on, was yeah. somebody had their fingers around your neck, and they were choking. They you know who it was. Yeah, Bosch. Oh, <laughs> I want you to say There's a control room in Germany where yeah. there's like three or four people. <laughs> they have a screen and showing your motorcycle. Yes. They have a button. <clears throat> Traction control. <laughs> yeah, plows, plows, every plows. motorcycle in the world that's got it. every German motorcycle in the yep. world that's got it. They're just watching three Klaus guys. Klaus has good grip. Yeah, yeah. Come here, Klaus. One's yeah. about to press the button. The other one's like, no, <laughs> nine, no, nine. Uh, nine. <clears throat> that is so. And the Moto Guzzi fourteen hundreds. So the Moto Guzzi fourteen hundreds have traction control as well. The, the same three channel. You know, three different sport modes or you know touring modes or whatever but they also have traction control laying on top of that so they're infinitely adjustable and yes when i am out enjoying a moto guzzi 1400 as i am wont to do and i am 
stabbing it in the guts. That traction control comes on, man. That that rear tire is hopping along the pavement because the earth cannot get out of the way fast enough for that motorcycle. And that rear tire is just clawing at the earth. And it is not grabbing as much as earth as it wants, even on good warm concrete or asphalt. Mm-hmm. And so that tire is doing some jumping around. And it is, traction control is like, and it's like, it ain't, oh, I hate that. It ain't the choker on your yeah. neck anymore. Now it's a fistful of testicles. You know? <laughs> and now it ain't grabbing your neck. Now it's grabbing your nuts. And it's pulling those nuts way back. And you're going, oh, man, I wanted to go have fun. I wanted to go have play with my power. And it went, nope. These are going in my purse. <laughs> and that's what that bike does. That's what that motorcycle does when you're trying to give it more power than you should for safe reasons. Because mm-hmm. you just want to paint stripes on the pavement like a dipshit. That's what it does. And it takes the power away in a very fucking clear and obtrusive, violent manner. And yeah, you're, and you're like, that. ugh. Well, it's like getting a plastic bag pulled over your head. It's yeah, it's just no fun, <laughs> real fast. So, so, have you had any bike? I mean, that's not a zero yeah. commercial here, but anything even close? To no, the and I'm still trying to stuff? figure it out. I'm still, I'm still a little fucked up because I still have not yet felt. And yeah. I will. So there is any traction control in, in right? And my argument is, I have not felt anything that I would clearly identify as. Like, show me on the doll where the man touched you. Uh-huh. I can't point to anything that says, I don't it think... It wasn't just me. I don't think he touched right. me. Right. Like, I'm yeah. holding the doll, but I'm saying, like, I know something happened, but I don't think he touched me. I don't know where. Head, right? It's all in your it's head. It's all in your head. Yeah. And there is a chance, and I've been reading up on it, and I've been talking to other people, there is a chance, and I could be wrong, that... This motorcycle has the ability to detect and correct faster than your mind can detect. Which mm-hmm. I did look at some of the numbers. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the numbers... It's probably in milliseconds. So a human being can react to a pinprick on your finger. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the signaling. Yep. Um, it turns out it's about 16 one-hundredths of a second. Yeah, oh, 60 of milliseconds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 160 milliseconds. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at a controller, like a uh, just like a uh, standard controller, it could it it could pull in less than one millisecond. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and what could be happening of... is also I was thinking that okay, so you have a four-stroke engine, okay? Yeah. So your power is produced in a revolu- in two revolutions yes. of the crank. Yes. Ribbons. Absolutely. So yes, exactly. if, if you're looking at a, a 12-pole motor or a four, yep. even if it's a four-pole, mm-hmm. four whatever pole motor it is, it it senses the change in 90 degrees yep. of the rotation of the, that uh, motor. Instead 90 degrees of, maximum. Yeah, instead of 720 degrees. Right. Well, and also the fact that in a combustion engine, what's yeah. it what's it modulating when that and traction so controls? That's what, yeah. I think, because is it... Shutting off spark? Yes. Or, okay. So, but but with a electric motor, which is a torque-controlled device absolutely. in itself, yeah. all it's doing is reducing the torque. Right. So I thought about this, and I kind of got a piece of paper and pencil, and I wrote things down. And what I came up with was the tire, right? Mm-hmm. So the tire first has to lose grip, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then 
something has to detect that the front wheel and the back wheel are not going the same speed. And I'm going to eliminate all of the gyroscopic effect. I'm going to tell, I'm going to getting away with accelerator. We're taking all the accelerometers. We're taking everything out. We're just going to say dumb down 1986 style wheel speed sensor, yep. right? So we're going to go to a wheel speed sensor, just a, a simple Hall effect sensor. That's all we're going to do. Now, if we do that and we go front wheel going X, back wheel going X plus or minus one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There is a variance. Yeah. So then we have to send that signal to a spark controller of some sort. Yep. Now, are we also going to send to a fuel controller? I don't know. It depends on how they want to control but it. But let's they just would say what's the, fast, the fastest is spark. So let's benefit of the doubt time. Let's make this thing as fast as it can be. We're going to send it to a spark controller. So it's going to go to ECU. So it's going to go to the ECU, and the ECU is going to retard the spark mm-hmm. for a moment. Right? And so it's going to retard the spark for a moment, which is going to then interrupt a, a firing of the spark plug. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, the last spark plug happened, like you said, as little as 270 degrees ago. Because it can't be any less than that. Because it's a four-stroke motor. So... Already, we have a massive delay just based on where the piston is in relationship to when the spark was turned off. That would be a single, and that would be a a twin, though, right? I would say, let's just say, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, let's say it's a four-cylinder. So it could be, it could potentially be 90 degrees. As low, as quick as 90 degrees, okay? Depending on the phase. But no, it would have to be, it had to be 180 degrees because it's a four-stroke. Right. Right? So up and down, rotation. With each rotation, right? You have to multiply it by. You have to multiply it by four, right? To ultimately get a four-stroke engine, it's firing every other hit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, let's go blue sky scenario, and it just happens to be, I mean, in a four-stroke bike, one piston is always firing because it's a four-stroke bike and it's a four-cylinder. So at TDC of one of them. Two of them will be at TDC at the same time, maybe or maybe not, depending on your firing 180 order. degrees. But one of them yeah. will always be right. firing. Well, every every one rotation, something fires. two of them fire. Right. Every two rotations, all of them fire. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. So when we look at it that way, every 180. Yep. Even if you take the time of that in milliseconds, now all we've done at this point is deprived it of spark. It still has all that inertial mass and everything That's going true. for it. Yep. All we've done is deprive it of a bang. The time it takes to then go through the crank, into the counter shaft sprocket, into the chain, out to the back wheel, actually slow you down as a chain, yeah. like like that's a very long distance it has to travel, mm-hmm. and it makes the change from being electrical data into mechanical data, so it goes from being an electronic signal to a mechanical signal in that journey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why it takes a long time. And I'll bet you that's why you can feel it a lot. Which is also why the Bosch uh, controller, Bosch Stability Controller, they say that thing detects and corrects in four one-hundredths of a second. You can't feel that. Yeah. I mean, no, a motion, uh, I mean, a motion picture on the wall is at 24 frames per second, 30 yeah. frames per second. Yeah. Um, that's quarter, I mean, 24 frames per second. That's, you know, 
that's and your body detects that as being one it's solid smooth. motion, mm-hmm. yeah. smooth. So if that's twenty four frames per second, it's it, that's amazing. That's one image every four or five tenths of a second, and you're detecting that as absolute smoothness. I, I so. was I was thinking since I, was, I had a chance to write it the other day. Is there anything special about those tires as well? No, I mean they're they're off the shelf Rosso Corsos. I mean they're Pirelli Rosso Corsos. I didn't, I didn't look into yeah. them. I was like, mm-hmm. there has to be some. And that's the way I ride every time I ride that bike. I'm like, where's the secret sauce? Right. Yeah. Right. Where's the secret sauce? Is it the suspension? Is it the it's tires? Tire. Right. I haven't touched a fucking screw on that suspension since I took it out of the crate. Right. It is. It is rough. On very yeah. bumpy roads, yep. I on see that. Oh, yeah, it's roads. See that, yeah. it's stiff. It's yep. stiff. But just like we found with all the bikes, mm-hmm. they're set for somebody who's a better rider than me and better conditions than we have. Mm-hmm. We found that you had to find with yours, you softened the shit out of that thing. Right. I softened the shit out of mine. Um, for this, I mean, for this town. Yeah, for, to, the, yeah. for the FXS, the Super Motard, I absolutely give those things a couple of cranks. I soften them up because mm-hmm. they come out of the crate like, oh, we got really smooth roads in California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fuck you guys in the Midwest. We're going to make your teeth fall out. And uh, that's the way the SRF is. The SRF yeah. is like, on the freeway, it's amazing. I mean, this thing is telepathic. But on bumpy roads, like going down Old Lorraine Road and stuff behind the hospital, the... it's just, yeah. you know, it's your voice shakes and stuff. So I have Plastic rattles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be better for it too because yeah. you're dealing with an aluminum frame yeah. and yeah. It's, it doesn't take those hits as like, like steel no, does. Steel is more flexible. Yeah, it doesn't so. flex the way. So I'm, I'm definitely going to soften the suspension up, make it a little yeah. more livable. But yeah, I was really interested That's pretty cool. to kind of figure that out. And is that, you know, if the traction control is working and it's working that fast, well, fucking well done, Bosch. Yeah. Good well, job. I think too, yeah. you look at an electric motor, yeah. that's direct drive. Yeah. So there's no, I mean, it's going through a belt, which there's less lash. Mm-hmm. There's no lash in this you belt already because know, it's a high-tension belt. Right, plus you know, yeah. the motor knows its exact position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, a, a, a gasoline-powered motor knows that it hit TDC, or That's the crank right. is at TDC. Yeah. But it doesn't know that it's 30 degrees off of TDC. Correct. Yeah. Right. But this one knows the exact position of the motor. Yeah. Right. It knows exactly at... This RP and since it's direct drive, it knows that at yeah. one thousand three hundred and fourteen RPM, you're going twelve miles an hour. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So as soon as that varies and the front varies, yeah. then all you have to all it has to do it could actually just bring it back to That's hey, true. I'm doing twenty one miles right. an hour. Yep. I know that at twenty one miles an hour, I'm supposed to be at two thousand RPM mm-hmm. or you know eighteen hundred RPM. So if you start, if it goes to 1900 rpm yeah and if this is saying there instantaneously you could just back it down to 1800 yeah. rpm oh yeah mm-hmm. so you would never even know that it that you slipped because yeah. it would instantaneously within uh less than depending on if it's a, like i said what how many poles are in the motor mm-hmm. right it would adjust between one pole of that motor that's right and so in 30 degrees, degrees you've already the, yeah. changed the right, rpm yeah. to the matching mm-hmm. the rear tire yep. yeah and what's the time signature on that almost nothing no, it'd be like yeah. you know, a couple yeah. milliseconds yeah it's really Close amazing that, yeah so i've ridden a lot of zeros that were prior to the srf and those bikes you know they all have uh abs brakes that abs brakes is part of the system the traction control, though, it's not really traction control. It's part of the mapping. So the mapping of the bike, giving the bike the sort of the acceleration package that it has, 
in one of your modes, your eco mode, your custom mode, or your sport mode. Um, that's its version of traction control. Now, that's not that's not an or active traction control. That is a sort of this is the parameters we're establishing, and that's what we're getting. And historically speaking, the thing with zeros, um, I don't care what it was, an FX or an FXS, DSR, it doesn't matter. Once you cooked the rear tire, so once you once you fucked up, once you fucked up, there's no clutch to pull in right. to immediately be like, yeah. I done fucked up, right? So like, you there's ride it out. There, yeah. <laughs> Good point. It's like being a cowboy. Oh, cowboy up, buddy. Um, yeah, I did that the other day. On wet, I was on uh, mud and wet grass, and I was going. Oh over, shit! And I had it in well, customs cranked all. I mean, everything's yeah, everything's topped out in custom. Yeah. So I I just and I wasn't. I had it in eco, yeah. and I switched it to custom or something, yeah. and. When I got on it, my back end was like. I did. I did like a ninety out. I got it. You know, I got it straight. I got. I hit the pavement and it was like it straightened right up. Oh yeah. And I got covered in mud. (laughs) So I came to work. I was like everything was splattered in mud. So I did the DSR one time and I was uh, off road, and it was no, it was gravel and then mud, gravel and mud. Like all right, so I'm going on plodding along just very carefully, and I was like, ooh, look. That's that kind of mud that's going to be really fun to just kind of like slop through yeah. and just and fight through the mud. It's going to be great. And uh, I was, I figured, okay, well, I'm going to give myself a little boost right now and then get into it at a good high rate. And I, when I gave myself a little boost going in, it just threw all the mud everywhere. It was like, <laughs> it was just put power everywhere. It just put mud. And I just, but the back of the bike just immediately like tried to pass me. Mm-hmm. And it and it tried to pass me on the right. I don't like it when they try to pass me on the right. I'm okay <laughs> with lefts. Like again, it's, yeah. I'm a left-handed person. I just when the bike tries to when the right when the wheel steps out to the right, I don't like it. Like it is very unnatural to me. Hmm. What about the rain mode? Not so, that you're going to use it on the mud, but I mean, what? Does I could. I mean, I could have had it in eco mode, but this was a DSR. It wasn't an no, SRF. No, no, no. But I mean, what yeah. what does the the uh, the, rain the rain mode do? Yeah. It softens everything up. Okay. Yeah, it just turns it turns on the violence of everything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that, fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's rain mode. It's so. like eco mode. It's like you can't. I can't even barely. I only use it if I know I have to do like the range of the bad. Oh, I passed three days. I don't think I've taken the SRF out of sport mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I am. Once you get it took hooked me five on days that. to be totally fucking spoiled on so, that. So it's probably close to the eco mode without the regen. Yeah. And the no, direction. the snow, the acceleration is nothing like it. It comes in super flat. Rain and with like the eco mode. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're saying the rain mode is the, the rain mode is close mode. to yeah, the eco no, mode yeah, without is. the regen. Sure yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, without the regen, without the heavy regen. It comes in uh, so slowly. When that, that DSR <laughs> broke loose, though, I was like, when it spun, I could hear the you know you always hear it. And I heard the shit happen. I was like, oh, first thing instinct, go for clutch. And I was like, clutch does not exist. I mean, so I, I shut the throttle, you yeah. know, shut yeah. the throttle, but I do everything more gently yeah. on motorcycles. I don't slam anything. I tend to close things more quiet, gen- gently. But my hand, my throttle, my clutch hand was like, <laughs> I just crushed the shit out of that grip. It needs an overrun clutch. It does need an overrun <laughs> clutch, exactly. And I, I pulled the clutch that wasn't there. It didn't matter. It felt like it took 36 minutes for the overspinning rear tire <laughs> to stop overspinning because it's it's rotational mass. 
oh. was so had such a strong value. Yeah. Yeah. So its rotational mass was like, you said fast, I'm giving you fast, <laughs> and I'm not going to stop being fast until the Earth and physics say I don't have not to be fast anymore. To stop it, yeah. Or you step on the rear brake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't even think about. Mm-hmm. So it might be something I need to learn. Yeah. Is if I'm going to be playing around in the dirt on a zero, mm, rear brake, the brake. Yeah. and I shoot the back tire out again like it, I did, right? yeah. which basically just spun me around 180, and I fell over with the bike on top of me in the mud, <laughs> because, yay, um, but yeah, I spun it around hard. I totally lost control and looked like a dipshit in the mud. And if you would have said, do a 180 right now and look cool, I'd be like, almost nailed it. <laughs> I did the 180. I did not look cool. And, like, I didn't get my foot down in the right time or nothing. But that was always the problem with zeros prior to this was they were an evil mistress when it came to the back tire if it let go. If it let go, it was not going to come back simply by pulling the clutch in. Like, you had spun up that gyroscope, or you'd spun up that inertia machine. Yeah. You had to wait until it spun down. So once those things got cooking, they stayed cooking. Like even like It's a, like a huge flywheel. It's a giant flywheel. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. The wheel, the tire, the belt. It breaks loose. It's, and yeah. you wonder what the physics are of it, because it wants to try to hold you up. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it's also kicking you sideways. Yeah. And you're, so you're up, but then, yeah, but then you lose, thing. but then... As it slows down, then you lose that. that well, you lose the gyro, gyroscopic the gyro. force, yeah. right? Right. So that keeps you upright. Yeah. So right. you're there's two forces. If it would maintain there. gyroscopic yeah. force, you could literally just stay upright. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I crashed. Yep. Not really. <laughs> well, let me put my feet down. Yeah. <laughs> so while I'm crashing, uh, I'd like to put my foot down and order yeah. Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The but I really. Like, that's been the weird experience. So I think mm-hmm. that it's a learning thing. I'm, I'm trying to get used to it, and I know that we're, that we're bullshitting about, you know, motorcycles in general, but this is a part of motorcycling yeah. now. It really is. It's the future. Um, been riding the new Vespa HPE just to demo ride it for a couple of customers, you know, that kind of came in and bought them ahead of time. What is that? So it's a Vespa 300 mm-hmm. with 20% more torque. Ooh, all right. Uh, yeah, because, <laughs> you know, nobody ever said, you know this Vespa 300. <laughs> you know what it needs? More torque. Yep. Yeah. I mean, when we first got our very first 300, our first 300 Super we took out of the crate, we took it out, we prepped it, brand new tires, you know, the whole deal, we stabbed it in the guts, the front wheel came up in the air, and we went, whoa, whoa, really? whoa, whoa, kids. We, huh. oh, oh, engineers may have been having a little fun with us over there in Italy. Apparently, they thought there were too many Vespa riders in the world. <laughs> <laughs> they needed to reduce that by a couple. And we'd never had a Vespa that would just kind of wheelie yeah. on without a clutch on the variator, <laughs> you know, wheelie just on the power, and the 300 Vespa, which was only a small number of CCs bigger than the 250, yeah. Yeah. which was kind of like, oh, I wanted to really be a 300, but it's only a 276 or whatever, yeah. 278. Oh no, the difference between the 250 and the 300 was every bit as good as the 200 and the 250. Like it was a come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. Well, these HPEs, oh, by the way, at the shop, we do call them HPVs. We can't oh, no. stop calling them HPVs. <laughs> I thought you were going to say hippie. Right. It's got the HPE. It's, it's got the, the HPVs. Um, we can't stop saying it. And I took it out for a honk after I prepped the one for a customer. 
Get went, your vaccine. I went out. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got little, yeah, shot. human papillomas. Uh, I pull out of the driveway like I always do. Go down Lorraine Road. Go down the gas station. Fill it up with gas. Do the whole thing. Check everything out. Great. Usually on the way back from the gas station, I take the long way around the neighborhood. And then at some point, once I make sure everything feels great, it's tight, I'm happy with it, you know, satisfied with what's going on in the bike after we've, you know, inspected it here. At some point, I'm going to be like, all right, caner. And, uh, and, and I know what they feel like. like. And I can tell you the difference between one that's right and wrong and tire pressure or whatever. I've done this for 20-odd years. God, that thing was fun. I, when I, I, I stabbed it. I was like, okay, canter. And it went, wow. And I was like, ah, well, look at you. Well, who lit a fire under your ass today? They're really fun. I mean, they're surprising. What did they do to 50 more motor. CCs? Motor. Oh. Yeah. I, it's The CCs are the same or close to it, but yeah. it's just. Higher compression, maybe? It's, it's a totally different rebuild motor. It's yeah. a higher compression. It's a different valve timing. Mm-hmm. It's it's all the things. Um, I, we did a video on it and talked about like the new stuff that's happening. And it's fucking silly fun. I mean, oh, it doesn't have a clutch. Oh, whatever. You know, old Vespas had a clutch. You could wheelie them. They were great. That was cool. Yeah, they had like nine horsepower on their best day. <laughs> yeah, and this is like this is knocking on three hundred's door, and or knocking on thirty horsepower's door. Really? Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, it's fucking fun to ride, and it is still a Vespa. It still has the impossibly quick steering. It still mm. has the like right now brakes. It still has the. Are you sure those are twelve inch tires? Because this thing is sticking really good. Uh, Vespas have always nailed it when it came to that. Like, take an old GT200 from 2005 and rail it around. They're really put together nicely. Like, they 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 go good. And this 300 HPE, oh boy. If you were like, well, I don't think I'm, I'm going to get a Vespa. I'm not sure if I'm going to get it. This one might be worth, yeah. This is one that when the light goes green, this pulls away with fucking gargantuan authority like there ain't gonna be too much getting in front of you and the new headlight is badass like uh circuit on board cob that's mm-hmm. that's super cool do we have one over there no the uh the blue yeah, one is the small frame the blue one is right. the small frame yeah. of the uh but it's the, the same one. headlight right no right. no well yeah it's the same headlight on the small frame but yeah. all these are you know um 2019s yep so over there we got some 2020 of the uh the oh, HPEs. The the yeah, the HPEs. HPEs. And they have some really cool new colors, too. So that's kind of the, the world of scootering that's happening. Uh, the guys over at Sim Lance Alliance Power Sports have a Wolf 300 mm-hmm. that uh, we've kind of been looking at, and they have a new rep. And I have not been... I have not been properly represented in a long time. Like... Reps used to be legendary. Like a rep used to be like a guy that was like, "Smooth talker." Hey, and, yeah. you guys look like you need lunch. Yep. Let me buy you lunch. He's right? a guy. Yeah, he's a guy. We're gonna, he's going to get us through some shit. We're going to work some stuff out together. And we now have a rep who's that guy. So he came. He showed up with pizza and coke, like like the guy, pretty good. And, and you know, and most people don't travel with that much blow on him, but that guy <laughs> did. Uh, no, he didn't. It was Coca Cola. 
something I will not put in my body. But, the, uh, but that, yeah, I would not. <laughs> I would. I would tell, that's just poison. Uh, but yeah, but he showed up and he's got. He's like, oh, I said, well, you've seen my shop. You've seen us in operation. You've seen us sell a few bikes. What do you think would fit in good here? And he was like, yeah, I think the Wolf Three Hundred. And you know, we sold. You know, we've sold the genuine 400C, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the people we sold, they're very happy with the bike, and it's a good bike. And so I don't know if the world's big enough for, uh, if Cleveland Moto's big enough for two brand new. It's a different style, though, too. It's, it looks like a V7. It looks like it's, you know, it's got alloy wheels. You know, it's not pure retro. Yeah. Hmm. So the SYM Wolf 300, it's, it's more of a... a it's the 1981 Daytona 400, RD, RD 400 Daytona. You know, it's one of those ones where you're like, hey, I, I vaguely recognize you, but you're all very swoopy now. And, yeah. You know, right? And because when those day, when the Daytonas came out, Is the RD. Swoopy or saggy? Oh, yeah. Because RDs used to be like RD 350s and RD 400s. It was just a standard Japanese spoke bike, chrome stuff on it, whatever. And then the Daytona came out, and you were like, oh, what happened here? Like, and that's what, yeah, yeah, show that picture around. So that's more, you know, it looks more like, like a, a V7 racer. So oh, that's yeah. a, a sim Red wolf. frame. Yeah, mm-hmm. red frame. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely like they saw a V7 racer mm-hmm. and yeah, went, yeah, yeah. oh, that, yeah, that'll work. We, we should do, do that. We should do that. So, but it's yeah. fuel injected as well. And they, they claim, you know, in the neighborhood of 28 horsepower or whatever. So I'm not sure whether we're going to just like volunteer to take a couple on and see what they're all about. And then see if people are at all interested in them. Because I really thought that more people would be, goes to our earlier discussion, I really thought more people would be lining up to buy the G400C. And it's been tepid. But I also wonder, it's just like, are those people... the weather. (laughs) Ah, the people that have been lining up, the people that have been buying it, though, they're not multiple bike owners. It's a guy that had a bike when he used to live somewhere else, hasn't had a bike for 15 years, and now he's buying another bike. Mm. And the guy that we sold it to was from India, so he's okay. well, yeah. So he kind of he looked at that and he went, yeah, I know those, yeah. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And when he bought the G400C, he was like, yeah, he goes, eh, I'm not real happy with. I didn't want to buy a Royal Enfield because like that's what I grew up with, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of dead. Don't get to, dead to me. Well, <laughs> that one in the back is still a train wreck. The one with the blown up transmission. God, that's um, disgusting. Three thousand miles blown up transmission. But anyway. Well, well, Harley transmission. Well, it's that, that's a... Uh, uh, it's a Inter- Continental. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the 535 Royal Enfield Continental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the they did have the coolest commercial, though. Which one? What was that? For the Continental. Didn't, wasn't that the, that Royal Enfield commercial with those guys riding the, that... Uh, wasn't that the commercial for the Continental? Was it the... Um, I don't think a commercial ever went to anywhere, but I thought we saw one that was like on some YouTube video thing. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if that was uh, uh, for for tra- like over the air yeah. or whatever. No, I think but I don't that, know if it went anywhere around here. It probably went somewhere in Europe. But I yeah, that was. It. I mean, it was real yeah. mod. They had all the. Oh, I mean, yeah. they were riding to the coffee shop. Dude, it was and, super hipster. Yeah. It was like the perfect. There was not any leather in the whole thing that wasn't brown. Like everything was tobacco colored. Like, what do you got? I just got a jacket, tobacco colored. Yeah. I got boots, tobacco colored, brown leather. Exactly. Everything in the whole thing was. It was brown. a cool commercial. A cool commercial. It was neat. Yeah, I th- should have spent more money on the transmissions, though. Well, like, <laughs> that was it. There, there is clearly a problem. Anybody got anything else? No. No? Okay. Um, we got our con- confirmation for our RV spot for AMA Vintage Days. Yay! 
Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like Bagel and uh, Emma are coming. Sam are coming from uh, Misfits. So that's nice. hey, mm-hmm. more excitement. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later. But I did get a Yamaha XS eleven hundred uh, for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see what we can do about that in time for Mid Ohio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll discuss that for next podcast. Well, with that, guys, remember to ride fast and take chances. Gotta put my glasses on to press the button. <laughs> <laughs>